up? The Real Coach JB here, right here on this Talk That Talk Tuesday. Talk and I'll talk back. We got a banger for you. Uh, Sean King, former NFL Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback, is going to join me. Um, Chris Jones, head coach for the Edmonton fucking Elks now, no longer the Eskimos. Can't wait to hear that one. And, of course, Matt McChesney. I know a lot of you have been missing Big Matt. Matt is going to join us with a banger right out the gate this morning. Uh, we got Chris Jones, Edmonton Elks, joining us, joining us, Sean King. And then we got all that with Matt talking. Talk that talk right here. Brought to you by betonline.ag and candidatecbd.com. Betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Get you 50% off. Plus, candidatecbd.com. Make sure you head on over to Canadips. Use the promo code COACHJB. Get you 20% off. And... Uh, all caps, Coach JB. And if you want a bar built like the one in the Slapdick Studio and Cigar Lounge, Kionis Builds on Instagram, Q-U-I-N-O-E-Z-B-U-I-L-D-S. Kionis Builds on IG, the best bar builder on the West Coast. Uh, let's start you off with the quote of the day. I got to get you going right out the gate. Uh, Listen and silent are spelled with the same letters. Just let that sink in. That basically means shut the fuck up and listen. More than you fucking talk. How about that? That's what it basically means. Uh, if you did not know that, listen and silent are spelt with the same letters. Um, whole question. Got What can't wait to ask Matt. AJ Green retired yesterday. Is he a Hall of Famer? Drop your comments in the section below. And contrary to belief, brought to you by Candidate CBD. Make sure you head on over to CandidateCBD.com. People say a lot, but watch what they do. Fuck what they say. They, we are what we do, not what we say we do, just so we're clear. So make sure you understand. People say a lot of shit, but make sure you watch what the hell they do. Contrary to belief, the good and the wise lead quiet lives. If you haven't noticed, most silent assassins, that means rich people, powerful people, people you never even talk about or hear about, live quiet and silent. Dog, I'm just going to be honest. A person who feels appreciated will always do more than what is expected. That is the truth. Um, can't wait to uh, dive into this right out the gate. Uh, Matt McChesney joins me live right here. Matt, we're here on this Talk That Talk Tuesday. I haven't been able to talk to you in a while. Um, What's good? Fucking dodging me. So I'm glad you're on. Uh, I'm just playing. Uh, appreciate you coming on early this morning. Uh, man, the action-packed chat is already going. I didn't even notice. Uh, I don't know, Matt. What the fuck is this? I don't know, man. This, uh, look, the picture of Tom Brady. <laughs> the picture of Tom Brady the first day after he's retired. First thing he does is wake up wherever he's at and uh, roll over in his undies and take a pic. I mean, bro, this is not this is not what goats do. Like, I, I can't imagine John Elway or Joe Montana ever doing this. Peyton Manning ever doing some shit like this. So, I mean, I know Joe Namath wore literal, like, like pantyhose 50 years ago. But this is a bad – I don't – man, I don't know what's going on with Tom, bro. But I'm – what? What the hell is happening? Now I, feel, it, I feel like we're in a bizarre world, dog. Did A.B. get smacked? So, A.B. came out and did a video, and he said that James Harrison gave him CTE. 
And I, I, I responded and I said, AB, you need to go to sleep. You're fucking retarded. I said, first of all, CTE's not fucking diagnosed until after you're dead, you fucking idiot. Number one. Number two, um, if anybody gave you anything, it was probably Burfecht and your daddy at birth. Well, Burfecht lobotomized Antonio Brown, if you remember correctly. Like, that that hit was, after that happened, Antonio Brown's gone straight into a pit of craziness, so... But does CTE rub off? Maybe does it rub off? And did 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 it did it did did AB fuck Tom Brady's wife? Oh come on, when I'm not going down that path, but the kung fu instructor did. That's for damn sure. So look, the I know I know Tom Brady is selling clothing now too, and he's got his Tom Brady line. Maybe this is an underwear commercial for all I know. Oh, that's what they say it is. Oh well, then if it's an underwear commercial, then I'll shut up and sell some undies. Yeah, but. Underwear commercial, you got to have a model rubbing your... You got to have a model wearing your shit. You're not the model, homie. You look fucked up. You ever see that that uh, stand-up with Eddie Murphy? He's like, underwear models to stand up here like this, but there's no bulge. I'd be standing up here like... Ah! <laughs> hey, uh, I don't know. I, I got to get into the show with you. I'm glad we're starting off the show uh, with you today. Uh <clears throat> I don't know what's going on in the world, Matt. I got to, I got to, instead of asking Matt McChesney for football um, opinions. Life advice with me? I got to ask you some life advice. Let's do it. Is the world ending? Because I hear that there's sharks frozen now. I mean, do I think that the world's going to hell in a handbasket? Yeah, pretty much. But (laughs) I, you know, like if you would have gone a hundred years ago and been like, do you guys think the world is going to hell in a handbasket right after like the Spanish flu and, World War One and like all those people dead and you know what fifty years before segregation and shit like I, or before Jim Crow's ended and all like shit like I I bet you people would be like yeah world's going to hell in a handbasket so look I uh, I think that it would be smart to to like if you have the ability to be a survivalist it might be smart to like get a grain silo and build a fort and like you know start <laughs> buying rice by the ton you know lots of ammo things like that i, I look man I, rice, matt matt rice I've been, is running I've been, out. Watching, I've been watching that uh the last of us show on hbo i'm a, I, like my my uh fantasy in life is either to have somebody like catch someone breaking into my house number one which would just be so incredible like if you break into my house and i get to catch you oh Oh, I'd be like a kid on Christmas. Uh, but uh, or like the zombie apocalypse where like everyone's just on their own and you have to fend for yourself. That shit would be dope. So Hey, I'm gonna be honest with you, dude. If I, you know who's gonna break into our house, some young, dumb fucking punk kid, and I'm going to torture him. <laughs> I'm being honest, dude. I am going to torture they better have Fucking ammo and strapped up because I'm telling you, dude, I'm going to like my dogs are going to eat like half their neck out while they're still living. And then I'm going to sit there over them and talk to them about like football and life and like how you disrespectful fucks never. You don't understand. And I'm going to let you live. um, But you're you may not be the same. I'm going to let you live, though, so you can tell the world um, how I fucked you over this this fine you evening torture the guy that breaks into your house dog. oh dude i'm swear to god i'm gonna torture the fuck out of him. 
I love it, dude. I might film it. Yeah, you'd be the wrong one to spite. That's for damn sure. I might film it. Don't film it. Then you'll just then then they'll have something to catch you with. You torture yeah, the league. Yeah, but I gotta have it on film for my our show. <laughs> well, you can't show everybody what well, you're, 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 like, you're, you're, you're the weirdo on the corner. Like, oh, torturing people gets me off. I love it. You're like fucking weirdo. <laughs> I mean, fuck, dude. I let me ask you something. This is why, Matt. This is why oh, I will that. torture you. Take a look at this video. This is the new punk ass age kid. Where'd he come out? <laughs> Where'd the spider monkey come from? I love the kid jumping on the fucking neck of the kid. Um, that is the that is the world we live in, Matt. When did boys hit girls? Like, do you remember when we were young and like a girl like did some dirty shit to us? Like, we would chase her and try to like. Fuck her. We're not going to hit her. Yeah, you can step on her toe really hard, maybe, but no one's hitting anyone. Like, look, oh. I've, also, I've also seen this trend, but like, look, the, the cell phone and the, the fact that everyone has a video camera in their pocket. I love like when people are going to fight and everyone starts squaring off, like throwing their hands. I'm like, this, this guy's never been in a fight in his life. Oh, the one at Disneyland? Did you see that shit? So terrible. Oh. I'm going to jail. Be like, you're right. You are going to jail. Um, but look, the, the, the trend of like women and men fighting each other, this trend needs to go away. Like if you're a dude and you're fighting a chick, like just, just, you, you need to have enough self-respect to back up and just be like, I'm a man, you're a woman. I'm not going to fist fight you today. <laughs> right. That's, yeah, that's just me. That's just like, yeah, yeah. I'm, how I'm cut, but uh, men don't fight women. Now that said. That said, what if it's the transgender thing? Like, Tim, can you fight? If, you, if you're born with a dick, you're getting fucking knocked out. Well, I'm just saying, like, if, if like, did you, who was the dude that swam and won all the medals and he was in the locker room, like, with the shit hanging out? while he was right, Leah up? Thomas. Yeah. So, Mark Thomas. Um, <laughs> but. Mr. Thomas, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm confused. Yeah, yeah. Did you see Trump? Did you see Trump came out and said, I'm running and yeah, I'm going to put in a bill real. that says yeah. men are men, women are women, and you cannot play in women's sport? Now, that's something I would vote for. Yeah, I mean, I, I just always thought that was common sense, but I don't want to, like, offend anybody or anything. But, like, I'd imagine that all the women in the locker room were pretty offended, so their fucking feelings don't mean anything, apparently. But that would be a situation where if I was, the, like, all the women in the room they have every right to go whip Mark's ass. Like, what are you doing in here, bro, with your shit hanging out? I know you, you're going to go try and swim and beat us, and you're going to, but it's just a weird time we live in, bro. Right, I, got, I, got some, I got some interesting facts here for you. Of course, you're going to call us. Let's take us a different avenue. This is getting weird. I, I know you're going to call us Californians, left-wingers, and all this shit right now, but li listen to this. Shit, I'm in Denver, dog. This, is, this place is super left. Okay, California just made this a, an official sport, which let's have a debate. Women flag football is now a sport. That's the show, baby. Crenshaw. Nice. That's the women now that's have that's a sport in CIF, which is our governing body of high school athletics. They now made a sport flag football for women. 
I love it, Matt. I yeah, think this is great. I think it is perfect. I think it is something that the women can have their own lane. They can thrive in it. And I'm not trying to be sexist. I'm not trying to say stay in your lane. I'm not saying that. I'm saying this is an equal opportunity to play football. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Uh, look, the even the laundry football league and the contact leagues, like, good, go play. Uh, the more the merrier. I wish that the lingerie leagues, I wish that they'd actually let them wear, like, pads and shit. Can you imagine yeah. playing football in underwear above your hip line? No. Do you remember, like, getting – can you imagine having a turf burn on your hip bone like that? Oh, my God, that'd be terrible. So I wish that they would actually let them, like, wear the proper equipment and not just have – ass and titties hanging out so the pervert in the first row can sit over there and get his rocks off while he's watching that, that's all it is dude it's a it's oh, a it's oh, a bad look to me for women i, I like that shit i agree i, I wish that they would let the ladies wear pads but I, the, look, the 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 flag league that's a great idea man is, is it in the high school you said yeah all the high schools in oh. california they yeah. uh i hope it gets adopted everywhere bro i hope every every high school in america has the opportunity for the the females to go out and play flag football for their team and, you know, have the same kind of opportunity that the guys have. Like, maybe have a college football league that's flag football-based. Look, I wouldn't be opposed to having a real tackle football league for females, too. Like, I think there's a lot of, a lot of chicks that could go out there and play their ass off and do a really good job. So, but it's got to be real. It can't be built around sex. Right. You know, like, I, the lingerie football league. No, I'm not trying to talk shit. It's a fucking gimmick. Like, no, yeah, ass and titties hanging out. Like, yeah, it's a joke. Like, it, it'd be like if on the NFL, if I'm running around and like I'm an assless chaps while I'm playing guard. Yeah, like, it's gonna be a little weird when my balls are hanging out. So, <laughs> I'm yes. just saying, like, if, that, if, that, if, that if, is if when you, I will not grab your balls under the pile. Yeah, I mean, you want to get in there, you got to have hand on taint when you're trying to get the ball under center. But still, I'm just saying, like, I wish that the ladies had a more non-sex-based way to sell their sport. It's like WNBA. The those chicks out, like, they aren't out there. Candace Parker's not out there like flashing people before she goes and gets a board. Right. She's just out there playing because she's a baller. So. Right. I, I, I hope and, and pray that one day they, they get the opportunity to actually do it correctly rather than based on if they're hot or not. Hey, this right here to me, though, looks not as, it, 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 you know what it looks like, Matt? It looks it's like the look. NFL Pro Bowl. So what's the difference? It does look like the Pro Bowl. Like, they just, look, they just need to get rid of the Pro Bowl. And I, look, I miss the old Pro Bowl. Me too. I, grew up, I grew up in a time where even as I got older, like Sean Taylor ruined the Pro Bowl because he killed Brian Mormon on the field, but <laughs> <laughs> thank God for it. But like he, back in the day, I remember watching like real football games with like the best players in the world actively playing against each other in like great games in the Pro Bowl. And like, I don't understand why they can't, I don't remember any of those guys getting hurt for their whole career and never being able to play again. They just went. They just went and played. So I, I think that there's so much fear associated with. Oh my God, somebody's going to get hurt at the Pro Bowl. You remember Robert Edwards? He blew his knee out in that yeah. Sand Beach game. Exactly. Like I, I bet you somebody gets hurt 
either. I'm surprised somebody didn't get hurt this year, but yes, I bet you somebody gets hurt playing flag football before they get hurt playing real football. Yes. And I, I'm be honest, Matt, like, this is the thing about it. Like, dog, we used to play the game full go and we had so many less injuries than we do right now. We have 900 injuries this year in football, the most of all time. Why is that? Because half of the league thinks they're going to stop before they hit you. The other half is going full go. On kickoff, you turn and kickoff. You got guys running full speed and then having to stop because they don't know if the guy's going to return the ball. You can't hit the wedge breaker. Like, dog, it's pulled up hamstrings, soft tissue, and stress fractures. You know what all those things come from? Stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. And you you got guys – you saw the game in the – who was it? Kansas City and the the Bengals game. Burrow slid, and the corner came over and fucking rolled his ankle trying to jump over Burrow to tap him on the helmet. Like, what part of football is this? Like, well, we're going to get injured that way. They're trying to make the game safer, and that that is making making it so everybody's thinking more. And I don't know how many times I've heard this on a football field, but I say it all the time. Stop thinking and react and play fast. Every time I've been in a situation where somebody's playing half speed, but for example, when I was with the Dolphins, it was fourth and one. Uh, you know, we come off, we get the first down, the the tight end that's on the field, that that our, our second string tight ends on the field. He was laid off the ball, not paying attention. Because of that, the defensive end had an inside lane. One guy's going half speed, one guy's full, going full speed, plays over, guy get my knee rolled up, bam, season's over. So it very rarely do you get hurt going full speed. In fact, every time I've gotten hurt, somebody is going half speed. So thinking usually doesn't have a place during the play. Pre-snap, post-snap, I want us thinking. During the snap, I want us playing. Hey, they said that uh, Miles Garrett broke his fucking toe in that deal. There you go. There's an injury. No more flag football. Miles Garrett, forget about the fucking toe. Hey, let's get into two football things here. College, one in college. Uh, you're right there at the back door. Colorado Buff legend. Uh, Dion's making a bunch of uh, headway in recruiting. I asked Zach Smith yesterday, uh, quiet as kept, Oklahoma's moved into the top six in recruiting class uh, because of Dion's popularity and what Colorado's done. Is it all smoke and mirrors? Has Colorado really got guys, or is it is it nine guys they've he's gotten tra- transferred from Jackson State? Is that enough? Well, they got, they got some dudes. I think that the the mixture of the guys they brought in, they're young. But again, college football is pretty young. Uh, you know, you mix that and Shador Sanders with the guys they already have there, and Jordan Tyson and some of the guys they're bringing in. Um, you know, they they brought in couple uh, skill guy or a couple of edge players from Arkansas and Michigan. And look, I think that to assume that they're going to win like 10 or 11 games, that that's ridiculous, but, but they are going to be monumentally better than they have been. Uh, the, the, the thing that I love is they're winning and they haven't even played a game yet. Like they're, they're winning the, the, you know, the, the social media game, big time. There's a lot of eyes on the program People are attracted to what Coach Prime is doing up there, and they should be. Um, I think Colorado is on a path where you're going to see them return to what it was like when I was playing there, you know, with the 80s and the early 2000s and how good and how dominant we were. Um, You know, it's – 
I think that the, the opportunity for Colorado to get back to that level is right in front of us. And if you think that he's recruiting at a high level right now, just wait until they win some games and like you see the way that he interacts with his guys on and off the field, win or loss. Like one of the things that I, I love about Coach Prime is his ability to be a chameleon in this fact. Like he makes you feel like he's your he, you're his best friend. And that's a very, very unique skill from a superstar, the GOAT, the guy who essentially created, you know, the swag and and drip and is the best player at his position in the history of, of corner and always will be. You know, when he when we were up there two Saturdays ago for junior day and I took a bunch of the Dungeon family up, Jake Stonebreaker, the great linebacker who just got Kansas State the other day and Lincoln Fahapoli and Gage Ginther and uh, Blake Palandino. And, you know, we all went up there. It was an awesome trip. Uh, guys really got a lot out of it, I thought. But my son and I were walking by and Coach Prime was just kind of sitting there standing there and all the guys are walking by and he's like, oh, Coach McChesney, good to see you again. I'm glad you're back up here. How's the facility going? Yada, yada, yada. And it's just for him to randomly stop people and, and affirm that what we're doing down here, it, it's that's my point. Like a lot of people would forget that conversation that he had a month ago, but Prime remembers it and makes a point to make you feel like you're part of the family, which is such a massive part of college football. So, you know, they just had a, a, a big time offensive lineman from uh, from Missouri commit the other day, the, 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 the Chandler kid who was up there on the same trip. Uh, they're going after that number one tackle in the country really hard right now. So I think what they're doing is real. I think the foundation they're building is real. I'm proud to be a Buffalo these days, no lie. And I think it's only going to get better. Uh, and I, I truly believe that Coach Prime getting this opportunity from Rick George and the University of Colorado the way that he did, I think that he wants to build something here. And I think he wants to make it special. And I think he wants to beat people's asses and take over the Pac-12 and turn Colorado into what it should be. So I'm I'm super excited about it. And I think that it's only going to continue to get better and better and better and grow. He, hell, he just bagged uh, the, a four-star athlete from, from Louisiana two days ago, a kid that was his top three were LSU, Alabama, and Colorado. So that's a 1-11 team stealing a, a top 100 player from LSU and Alabama. I, I mean, come on, man. That, that hasn't happened for – Yeah. I mean, ever. I mean, I, that's like Bill McCartney shit. So, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of shocked at the early success. I mean, look, you're you're the college football coach here. Do you think it's sustainable? And then you you know the way this works. Like, I think they can only keep it going up if they're this successful before they've even played a game. I mean, holy shit, Matt, you can you can win instantaneously overnight in college football. I don't care what anyone says. I used to tell people all the time, they're like, coach, Rome wasn't built in a day. I'm like, or in a year. And I go, it was built in a fucking day. That's why. Because you can, if you can recruit get year one, which I've always done and made a splash. Listen, Colorado may go six and five last year, just like I turned around Indy after they were fucking 0 and 30 for three years. And we went six and five year one, lost a lot of close games. I think Colorado's trending that way. But we got the talent in there and the culture's been changed. Then yeah. year two, 
Your freshman talent is elite now as sophomores, and you got another great class coming in as freshmen. Now you've established something, and I wouldn't be surprised in year two if they won the whole damn thing, um, or at least the Pac-12, what I mean. And so I'm just telling you, you can win overnight if you if you get buy-in, which he has, and if you get uh, admin support, which he has, which I don't think oh, he would have done the job if he did not have full autonomy. Um when you see him day one and day two on Instagram telling everyone, this is what I want rap change. I want this to say character instead of this. I want this to say when that can happen day one and day two, they have given you the keys. And that's the only jobs I take. And I was just talking about this on the show the other day, Matt. I was talking about interviewing the other day. I'm like, no, I ask the interview questions first. And if you can answer me, then I'll go through your questions. But I'm not going to sit here and, and take your questions for two hours and then get up and ask you some questions and you tell me, oh, no, coach, we can't give you this. Well, I just wasted two hours of my day. I want to know from the jump. And that's what Dion did. Dion went in there and said, listen, can I hire Mike Zimmer? Can I hire these guys? This is well before he took the job, Matt. He didn't just hold oh, this. Oh, hopefully they let me get Mike Zimmer. Uh, like, no, he fucking made it work before that. And that's what I know by from Darian and different people like, you know, yeah. and I'm like, he's not taking that job if he didn't have full autonomy. Well, it, it goes back to, you know, like a three weeks, a month before Coach Prime even got the gig was Clat and I and Bloom and Pesaveno and all these other cats that were on the, you know, the advisory board, essentially, that were talking about like you know the 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 restrictions essentially that were put on coaches around the country and how we didn't want to be safe we wanted to be great so like we're talking about how Auburn was essentially like hey we we like coach prime but only if he relinquishes social media and he doesn't do it his way right like how stupid do they feel right now like the resources at Auburn with Mish with Coach Prime, if they would just allow him to be him, uh, the stratosphere, right? So uh, that's the thing. That's the beauty of this is the ability for Colorado to kind of back up and allow Coach Prime to bring his philosophy and the way he does things and bring all of his guys in and just no questions asked. Like, whatever you want, blank check, brother. We're, we're, here, to, we're here to support you. You want to bring that guy in? Awesome, let's do it. You want to bring these players in? Awesome, let's do it. You want to get rid of a bunch of stuff? Awesome, let's do it. So it, it, it's – I've never been in a position where you've got ultimate yes man, but this is like the ultimate yes man position. And that kicks ass. Like, as a coach, can you imagine walking in somewhere and every single request you have is answered with yes, we can do that. Can I bring in Mike Zimmer? Yeah. Can I bring in Willie Taggart, the head coach? Yeah. Can I bring in Coach Lewis from Kent State, a head coach? It's going to cost a lot. Yeah. Can I change the uniforms up? Yes. Can we do this? Yes. Can I bring in my social media team? Yes. <laughs> like, like people don't realize, Matt, how people don't know. Like, the, the it's so hard to get yeses out of people in college football, bro. Yes. And people don't realize this, though. When I do my personal social media at home and I'm wearing Under Armour and then I go to college in the on campus and I'm in Nike because or whatever Colorado wears, there is a huge deal. You don't see that happening nowhere else because Barstool 
has a deal that's something else than Colorado. He had to have all this shit in writing before he ever took the gig. A lot of cats aren't even discussing that because they don't even have a fucking clue what we're talking about. These are facts. And and look, I, I hope that one day uh, Colorado goes to Jordan, but they've been one of the original Nike schools. So like, look, at the, at the junior day, they were showing us a bunch of the different jersey combinations that he's going to like bring changes to. Not so much next year, but the year after because of supply chain issues and like you have to have your stuff ordered a year out or some shit. Bro, like I, I'm a huge proprietor that you need to look good to play good. Uh, that's the defensive lineman in me. And they, not only do I think they have the best uniform combination in college football when they're, when they do it correctly, but damn, Coach Pride putting his little, his swag and his drip into it. They are going to look super, super clean, as they say. So, I got all right. That that was question one. Question two: um, Denver hire Sean Payton. I guess the the quick the quick question is: Is Sean Payton the right guy? I I think we all know he's the right guy. I know you've been on the show and saying, listen, he's not Belichick. He should maybe have possibly had more Super Bowls than he does have with the team that he had in New Orleans and Drew Brees for all those years. He got one done. They did get fucked a few times, it seems like. Uh, the Ram game, the Viking game. Uh, there's some weird shit that's happened to him. But at the end of the day, he's got one ring. Um, I believe that – so it's a two-party question, Matt. Right. Why did he spend two days in Arizona with Bidwell and snub them, like I said he would on this show, by the way, but what do I know? And – why is Arizona continuing to be snubbed besides the mental midget, uh, you know, obvious, uh, you know, uh, situation? And why did you why did you go to Denver? Um, I guess my question is, you must ta- you must like a weirdo fuck over a shitbird. <laughs> so, look, I, I think that Peyton in Denver is a great move for the Broncos. They've given up a ton, a ton of capital to get Russell Wilson and Sean Peyton. So. It better work. Um, the division is only going to get harder because I really think that Aaron Rodgers is going to end up in Vegas. So you're going to have A-Rod, Wilson, Herbert, and Mahomes all in the same division. So they're going to cannibalize each other pretty hard. Um, look, it it's a good move if, and the future predicates the if. So... One thing I do know about Sean Payton's teams is they're smart, they're tough, and they're competitive, and they're not going to beat themselves necessarily. Uh, or They're going to do everything humanly possible to not beat themselves. So one thing is on my Altitude Sports Radio show on 92.5 out here at FM uh, in Denver, Friday of last week we had uh, K.J. Wright on who played at Mississippi State. And, uh, you know, was a teammate of Russell Wilson for years and played linebacker on on uh, those Legion of, of Boom uh, defenses next to Bobby Wagner and Malcolm Smith and guys like that. Uh, and, and baller. And he was saying that if Sean Payton tries to take his offense and brings it to Denver and makes Russell Wilson fit into Drew Brees' Sean Payton New Orleans offense, they're going to win two games and it's going to be a total disaster. So then Sean Payton's got to figure out a way to acclimate his structure, terminology, and offensive system to fit what Russell Wilson does at a high level. And 
it's it's crazy. Like, is Russell Wilson a one system quarterback? Like, he can only do one thing, and that's it. So all he can do is run bootleg and like just the basic West Coast offense shit that that you do on day one. It, it seems that most quarterbacks these days can do both. They can give you the West Coast offense, but then they can also get in the gun and stand there and and kind of pick you apart if they can tell the difference between zone and man and some of the different blitz combinations. You can, you can figure that out pretty quick, but it seems to me a little more that I hear that I, I I'm, I'm excited about the hire and I think that it's going to be a good move, but shit, bro. I mean, the more that I hear things from KJ and then guys like that, like I'm, so, I'm really worried that Russell Wilson is just doesn't have the ability to be great anymore. And if that's the case, the Broncos are screwed. That said, if I'm wrong, I bro, I, I would like nothing more than to eat crow. I'll eat it up with a knife and a fork. I'll cook that shit and eat it. Like, Sean, Sean Payton came out basically and said, Russell Wilson, you will not have special privileges. Uh, show you this video. Coach, uh, Russell Wilson had a personal coach, Jake Heaps, in the building with access who wasn't on the staff. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with that. Right, how do you feel about um, players having their own people off the staff in the building access to players? Yeah, that's foreign to me that that's not going to take place here i mean i i'm i'm unfamiliar with it but he ain't gonna let it happen uh boss basically which is great i mean that's normal right that's like normal shit right (laughs) well yeah i've never look i played with let's see i played with chad pennington brett Favre, cutler storm kyle orton you know like none of these guys had offices and shit the coach had an office Players have a meeting room. So I I, uh, I think it's a bad look. It isolates you even more. You know, one thing one thing they also said in the in the press conference yesterday, I listened to the whole thing was the you know, we're not gonna have as much access through social media. I think that's a direct shot at Russ. Like, you know, stop being a social media influencer and start being a quarterback again. So look, having an adult in the room. Uh, leading your football team is a really, really good thing these days, and the Broncos need it terribly. So, hey, I've also heard from a friend that is is really tight with Sean. Uh, he would not have taken the job if he did not have full autonomy, as we just discussed. Not only did he not take the job, did he take the job because he was told in in, in writing that he will have full autonomy. Also, there's some um, there's some other things going on with him as far as some cap and some some movement allowance with Russell Wilson. So I don't know what that means, but he must have something um, that he can do with Russell if he continues to fucking make Subway commercials with a blindfold on. <laughs> because I'm just telling you right now, that is what, number one why he snubbed Arizona, Matt. He snubbed well, Arizona because they, they wouldn't give him any room. They were, there's no wiggle room with, with Kyler Murray's contract. All right, so do you think that Sean Payton will bring in a veteran quarterback? Yes, I think so. I think he's going to bring in Matt Ryan or 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 one of these guys. I, I'm not saying that's Matt Ryan, but I'm saying he's going to bring in a vet. Just like, to have somebody else that we yeah, can put in if, if, if Russ sucks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then, okay, so that's number one. And then number two. Jimmy G, Jimmy G fits him to a T. Garoppolo would be a good fit. Great. He knows how to back up. He can come in here and 
He'll probably win you some games if, if Russell sucks. So, okay. So the Broncos also moved on from Lauren Landau, the great Lauren Landau, who's their strength coach for five years and a guy who I've known forever. Uh, you know, that when you restaff a head coach, you usually bring in your own guys. It makes sense. But I, I think that it doesn't really matter who your position coach is or the, or the strength coach if you don't have the physical work ethic you need. And I'm of the mindset that Russell is a good 10 to 15 pounds overweight. And he really, really, really needs to show everybody here in Broncos country what he is as a as a quarterback and man. He needs to go into camp, I mean, looking like he's cut out of granite, bro. Like, he needs to be in the best shape of his life when he's out there running with his shirt off after practice and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Like, it needs to be one of those. Like, oh, my God, look how swole Russell Wilson is. Look how good he looks. You know, he's really put in the work this offseason instead of showing up and looking frumpy. You can't show up and look like a 45-year-old, you know, mother of four that hasn't been on a step mill in seven years. Like, that's not going to work, Russ. You play professional quarterback. So, no offense to all the housewives out there that are carrying around loads. So, I'm just saying, like, it's, it's time, Russ. It's time to get your shit together. Hey, uh, Flores, Brian Flores hired as the Vikings DC. Did, in your opinion, he was a finalist from what I heard yesterday in Arizona as a head coach. Was oh, he snubbed or did he get, did he do the snubbing? Um, because it seems as if every single person is turning down the Arizona job. It seems to me that Kyler Murray is possibly the biggest shitbird in professional sports right there with Kyrie Irving. Well, why would you want to go coach Kyler? Like if I'm, so I call Cliff Kingsbury, if I'm going to be the new coach and go just lay it on me and then be like FaceTime him and look how happy he is now, as opposed to how stressed he was five weeks ago. So that's essentially just being fired and away from Kyler. I'm sure he's on a beach in Thailand right now with you know god knows how many women of the women of the night having an awesome time so unlimited asians (laughs) i just think that kyler murray just wears people out because he's such a shit bird and he's so smug and he's not very good uh on top of all that so uh, you can put up with a certain amount of diva if he's good and you know you're gonna win but when you're losing monumentally and you can't do things right and your quarterback is more concerned with playing video games than making people look stupid on a field like it is a video game, uh, which he has the ability to do, it, it, you know, it, it doesn't really matter who your coach is. So will they promote somebody in staff? Will they just go hire some one-year, you know, sacrificial lamb that just gets, like, served up to the folks of Arizona? You know, who who else on that staff would even want to get that job? I mean, shit. Hey, you know how soft we are? We got guys in the chat. C. Moses, that's not a member, by the way, and uh, Slick Nick. I don't get the comparison between Kyrie and Kyler. Well, here it's real simple. Because you're soft and you're pussy. That's why you don't get the comparison. Because they're both bitch-made cats. And they're both fucking shitbirds. That's why you don't get it. Because you two are probably shitbirds and pussy. That's why you don't understand the difference and why how I compare the two. 
They're both pussy cancer motherfuckers. That's why, dumbass. Anyway, um, huh? They're both pretty bad. Yeah. That's Kyler Murray getting his rehab in. Uh, one, come on. Tyler Murray is uh, ahead of rehab. Two, He's ahead of rehab, Matt. Uh, that's that's cool. Tyler Murray is ahead of rehab. Oh, he is ahead that's of pace on the rehab. Uh, you gotta you gotta respect Kyler Murray. He's on the squat rack. He's getting it in. Uh, if you don't know. That's what's going well, on. You are you're you're too much, dog. You can't. I'm just saying. I don't know if you realize that Kyler Murray's ahead of fucking pace. <laughs> yes, it looks really, really good. <laughs> they should do a Kyler Murray docu film and play have Cat Williams play him. <laughs> or or fucking uh uh or, or, or how about Webster? Kevin Hart. How about Webster? <clears throat> Webster. Mike, what? Who? What? You remember Webster, the fucking show? No. You don't remember Mr. Belvedere? Uh, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I got it. Or, <laughs> or, or just have fucking Arnold from Different Strokes. Um, God, God rest uh, his soul. Um, oh, man, I'll tell you. Hey, you know, Emmanuel Lewis was the best, Lucy. Emmanuel Lewis was the best. Um, wait, well, hey, before you get out of here. Did 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 Brian Flores snub Arizona, or do you think he got snubbed? He probably snubbed himself. I don't think that any of the owners, any of the white owners, which is all 32 of them, um, well, 31, I guess Shad Khan isn't a white dude. But I don't think that they're going to hire Brian Flores. He just – didn't he file suit against, like, half the team calling him racist? So yeah, that's a, yeah. I'll be shocked. He, he he's he's getting snubbed and also snubbing himself. I don't know, man. This entire situation and everything being about race all the time. Like sometimes it's just about being a good football coach too. So it it's it kind of is what it is. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I don't know. Is AJ Green a Hall of Famer? Probably. I kind of tend to agree. He had six 1,000-yard receiving years in a row. He went to seven straight Pro Bowls. Um, I, I'm just I mean, trying to say. Like, just kind of, maybe maybe a late, maybe three or four years in, maybe. He, people people also want to say, was he the best during his era? Julio Jones, you, you, had, you had all these receivers in this era. Um, you know, I don't know if – but who who really is the best in their era that goes to the Hall of Fame? I mean, there's a lot of guys that go to the Hall of Fame that aren't in, the, you know. That well, we have to we have to look at like the the receivers too. And I'm not trying to talk shit here, but there's an inflated amount of receivers with great numbers. So, like, I guess is Deshaun Jackson a Hall of Famer? He has great numbers. You know, is is he a Hall? Of, he has great numbers. Is he a Hall of Famer? Was available enough? Is uh, let's see, who's who's another good example? Is Chad Ocho Cinco a Hall of Famer? Uh, I believe Chad is. Okay, so then prob- probably Chad was the single greatest route runner in his era. I mean, no one's saying he wasn't. He's a great player, but he never uh, here. So I I love I love this 
Is, is Steve Smith? I, see, there's another great question. Like, Steve Smith is probably – he's a Hall of Famer in my opinion, but that's more because of how tough he is. I don't know about his – like, and the guy he is. I don't know if it's just based on numbers, right? So – and by the way, him and Chad were both the same JUCO together, Santa Monica, right here when I we played against them every day. Crazy how talented those teams were. <laughs> so think about this. I look at it like this. If you can write the story of the National Football League and not include this dude, then he's not a Hall of Famer. But if you if you have to talk about him when you talk about, you know, great receivers, if I have to talk about him, then he's a Hall of Famer. You know what I'm saying? Like the the whole it's the Julian Edelman conversation where Edelman was great for Tom Brady, but he's a Hall of Famer, really? Like I I don't think he is, but when you look at numbers, maybe maybe he is. Shit, I don't know. So it it's it comes down to opinion and then the voting. You know the the voting for the NFL Hall of Fame is there's a lot of guys who just get in because of the media coverage that they had when they played and where they played. Um, and then after that, it's, you know, it has to, you have to have the numbers and the tape to back it up, but very rarely do you see anybody in the NFL hall of fame where you go, oh, I can't believe that guy's in the hall of fame, but like, is Brian Mitchell in the hall of fame yet? No, he'd be on the show. And so like, that's, that's, if you, all the football fans out there, if you don't even know who I'm talking about, yeah, if you don't even know who I'm talking about when I say Brian Mitchell, maybe you need to Google that because that that dude deserves to be in the hall. So yeah, he's been on my show. He he changed the situation. Yeah, he he changed the return game. I mean, that's just what it was. So I don't know if people really understand that, but the return game was special back then because it was special of special teams. Now special teams should be called soft pussy teams. I don't know. It's just fucked up. It's just, it's fucked up now how we do this. Tom Brady, as you get out of here, Tom Brady says he'll begin 2024 on Fox making his $400 trillion deal that he made or whatever the fuck it is. Um, uh, does that open up 2023 for a comeback? Like, are you just going to take a year off? Are we going to expect, are we expected to believe Tom Brady is going to take a year off, jack his dick off like this on film on Twitter and then, and just say, Oh, I'm just going to take a year off. Are we expected to believe this, Matt? Or is he going to get drunk no, and together and they're going to go fucking show up in Frisco and win a Super Bowl? He's done and he should be. I mean, it's, I think he would look really ridiculous if he just came back now. So oh, me too. I mean, it's it's time. Like I know he could still play if he wants to, but I I don't think he has anything in common with his teammates anymore. There's a big disconnect there. On top of the fact that you know it's it, he's done everything you can want to do. He's accomplished everything. He's the first. They should just put him in the Hall of Fame now and not made him wait. I know. Um, but one thing I would like to see Tom Brady do is go back to New England and retire correctly. Yeah. Like go back and have a press conference and say thank you to Mr. Kraft and, you know, thank you to those fans up there and really do it right and let them let them have their moment with you to, you know, kind of put a bow on this shit. So I wish he would do that. That's that's one now, thing. You I said do. an interesting thing. Uh, we got to start a debate and argument before you get out of here because I haven't talked to you in so long. Um, uh, cause I gotta like say, fuck no, Matt, you're fucking shitting me. Uh, 
Do you think Kraft should call Brady and thank him, or Brady should call Kraft and thank him? That's very interesting when I heard you say um, that. I think I think Kraft should talk, call Tom and say, "Look, this is what we're we're doing this, and we want you involved. We're going to honor you regardless." At you know next year's opener, we're going to honor you and retire your number, and we want you to come here two days beforehand and do an official retirement ceremony. It'll give you plenty of time to get all your ducks in a row. Make sure your family's here. Giselle can bring the Kung Fu instructor. Hey! And then, you know, everything will be everything. Cool? Cool. Hey. Kyler Murray's getting it in, Matt. That's all that matters. Look at that shit. Bend your knees, Kyler. Or your get knees. Low. Get your ass low. Eyes up on the horizon. Get your eyes up. Eyes up, Kyler. You got to get back to the fucking league. Get your eyes up. He can't bend anymore. He's already down there. And Spotter, get your hands on his under his chest. I need you to be ready. If Kyler Murray blows out another knee, we got two mental midgets. Come on now, Spotter. Spotter is a is a critical element in this thing, Matt. Um, man, I appreciate you coming right. on. Uh, time flies by. What you got going? You got workouts? Uh, yeah, we just had the five a.m. in here this morning, and guys were getting down and. Had a great a.m. And then the uh, the combine and pro day groups come in at 9 a.m. here in about an hour. And and then, uh, yeah, then we, we roll the rest of the day and then back at it tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. So I'll see you tomorrow morning and we'll start breaking down these Super Bowl games. And yeah. You know. uh, hey, what are you doing tonight? Sean Salisbury and I are going to we got all the film. So we got Jalen Hurts and, uh, and Mahomes film. I don't know what you're doing. We, we're going to jump on the last yeah, chance. Yeah, tonight. Got, uh, I'm doing my podcast with the great Lawrence Vickers, who played fullback at CU uh, with me back in the day, one of my best friends, and then was in the league for about 10 years with the Browns and the Texans and the Cowboys. Uh, his, he'll be on my show this evening for about 45 minutes. And then, I mean, I'll just be at the house. So fucking A, man, I'll, I'll log on and, and talk with you and, and, and Big Sean for sure. Hey, uh, Wido uh, wants to ask you a question real quick before you get out of hey, here. Uh, coach. Matt, just want to ask you, as somebody that's involved with CU, what is one thing that surprised you since Coach Prime has been there, and what are your thoughts on Coach wanting to bring the faith and religion into the building? Uh, look, one thing that surprised me is how fast he was able to change the narrative from one and eleven, and and you know, broke as a joke, and nobody cares, and you know, we need to move the Mountain West to, you know we have like let's win 10 games next year and we've got more money than we know what to do with and five-star recruits want to come come here and commit and he's changed that narrative in a in a 24-hour span it seemed and then from a religious standpoint look i'm a godless heathen atheist but i don't care what motivates you and if it brings us together and there's a message in it and a point uh, i'm with it and there's a lot that can be learned uh, from from religion, there's a lot that, that can bring us together as a group. I'm not anti by any means. I just look at it like I haven't been blessed with faith yet. And and one day, if I am blessed with that, that would be kick ass. And I don't know, maybe Coach Prime can help me with that. To be completely honest with you, so I'm not against it by any means. Uh, we'll put it like this: I'm against it if it's fake, and it damn sure ain't that. Like he is, he is as real as you get, and. 
I respect the shit out of that. And it makes me, it makes me more uh, open towards having conversations with them about it and actually getting into, you know, why, and that that's important to me. So I have no doubt that he would have those conversations if I asked. So uh, as long as it's real and it's genuine, which it is, I think it'll play well. Um, you know, in, in, in Boulder throughout time, we've had a lot of tension with this conversation. Like if you remember Craig Oaks played quarterback there back in the day, way back in the day with me, uh, he essentially left the program because, you know, he, he felt disrespected in his religion or some shit back in the day. So it's, uh, it's something where I think it, if, if it's done correctly, uh, coach prime can, can utilize it the, the same way other coaches utilize it, but it's, it's real. It's genuine from him. Uh, and I respect it. And there's look, there's nothing more hypocritical, hypocritical to me than the teammate or the coach that goes to Bible study and talks, talks the word and puts Bible quotes and things of that nature on the social media and has a badass like cross tattoo on his, on his chest or his arm. And, you know, really, and tries to live that way. And then right after the game, he's at the strip club, you know, with Monique and Chandelier and Crystal Ball, and they're all in the champagne room, you know, dick and diving, juking and jiving, if you get my point. So that, that shit, I've seen it play out for God knows how long in my life in this game and in, in, in football. And it really, it really, it was so hypocritical to me. It really rubbed me the wrong way to say the least. So as, as long as the religion is a part of a productive growth of our team and it helps everyone and it's not fake, I'm with it. And there's nothing fake about Coach Sanders. So, you know, I, I'm really, really excited about all of this, bro, if you can't tell. so. Hey, Matt, one more question from uh, Joe Accord. He's our, our daily weatherman out of Oklahoma. He is a uh, – he's a uh, – he wants to know what was the difference between NIL money last year and, and now Prime came. Right there, the question's on the board. Uh, what's the difference between just how they're getting it? I, I Look, I can't answer that question from a logistics standpoint, but I, I will say this. I don't – people in Boulder will not put their money where their mouth is unless they believe in what they're supplying, if that makes sense. Like they're not going to, they they won't put a dollar up if they don't believe in it. So, you know, having Coach Prime come in and talk the talk and walk the walk, they're more than happy to put their money where their mouth is now because they know they're going to get return on their investment, which is a massive part of this. So I'm not saying that it is, the money has always been there. It just hasn't been invested correctly because, we had Coach Durrell, and nobody wanted to invest in that dumpster fire. So, I mean, let's just be real. They Now you've got Coach Prime, who is setting the trend in college football. You know, but at the same time, he thinks a lot like Coach Saban does, where Coach Saban kicked a couple kids out the other day for asking for millions of dollars in NIL money. Coach Prime kind of feels the same way. Like, if that's the number one reason why you're coming here, just to get paid, you obviously don't understand that, at the end of this road, three or four or five years down the road, there's big bags in the NFL. And that's what we're trying to get you to understand and get you to that spot. Oh, so. 
I agree. I agree. I'd have been the same way. I would. I, I would have damn. I definitely guarantee you. I wouldn't take a motherfucker wanting money, and I probably wouldn't even take any transfers to be honest. Because I just. But that's me. But anyway, well, that's a whole. I would, but only to a point. Yeah. Um. Man, I appreciate you coming on. I can't wait. If we can't get together tonight with Sean, the rest of the week, let's break down the 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 the, the keys to victory for this this Super Bowl. I know it's going to be a big trench warfare game, and I can't wait. We can pull the film up actually, because um, I have it right here on DV Sport. We can pull it all up, and we got the I got the NFL film on it. I can show it le- le- legally on YouTube, so we have all the film that you want. And I think tonight would be great with. Mm-hmm. Sean, if you can jump on around 5 p.m. Pacific. All right, cool. Yeah, just text me. And then everybody out there watching, make sure you follow uh, myself at 60 Academy on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And then the Savage Podcast on Twitter as well. We're going to have the great Lawrence Vickers fullback at CU and then about 10 years in the NFL, one of my best friends on this evening. Uh, and then we'll continue to grow with it uh, as, as we roll into the weekend and uh, the Super Bowl. And it's on the ticker below. Make sure you guys follow him, Matt McChesney at Six Zero Academy, <clears throat> um, and make sure you follow his uh, his football recruiting facility development center uh, there in Colorado, Dungeon Family. Make sure you follow him on Instagram and Twitter. And he just said he's on um, on all those radio stations today and every day. So make sure you follow Matt. A lot of you guys already have been following him. I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you, dog. I'll hit you up later on. Peace. Later. Um, we got Sean King, uh, former NFL Tampa Bay Buccaneer joining me here in about 30 minutes. Um, we're going to get to that. Um, and then we have Chris Jones right after that, the head coach of the Edmonton Elks, um, CFL four time great cup champion. Uh, can't wait to talk to him about, Everything from the XFL to USFL, how it compares to the CFL, why you should go to the CFL, and it'll be a great conversation, action-packed show today. Um, Can't wait to see it. I got to go get me a coffee and take a piss, and I'll be right back. Uh, Don't go anywhere. I'll see you guys in about three minutes. But what do I know when I talk about the transfer portal being as shitty as it is, watering down college football? But what do I know when I say the landscape is completely open to anyone beating anyone? Have I not said it on this show? Did I not say it just a couple days ago? Did I not do a video on Twitter about it? Did I not talk about it on my shows here? And people just, nah, coach, hell no. Really? So. Appalachian State goes into A&M, a $40 million booster-loaded rock. During the halftime show, Chuck Downfield shares some wisdom from his playing days. You know what my old coach used to say to us kids? Take your fucking ass home, man! Ain't nobody sucking your dick! Shut the fuck up, man! Take your ass home! Let's head back for some more action! Fuck Fuck Ellsworth. Look what happened Ellsworth. People think I called the best football player in America. And then there's a timeout. People don't talk about it. I tell the story all the time. I said, I so I, I this is a true story. Rakeem's going to tell you what it is. We played Ellsworth. We're backed up on the one-yard line, and we have to go. It's right before half. And I'm like, I'm like, well, we got to hand the rock, rock off, right? I got coaches in my ear. I got fucking Malik telling me this. I got all this. So I call a play. 
and we called timeout. And Rakim comes sideline, and Rakim was the way he is, just like he is right now. He like, he like, man, there's eleven motherfuckers at the line of scrimmage. You, you we got to go the other way or something. I go, son, just fucking run it, and you're gonna go through everybody. And what happened? That motherfucker took it ninety nine yards to the house, and the rest of the story is history. Rakim, this is something you don't know. At practice the next week, Alabama was there and was like. One of the coordinator, one of the coaches was like, man, that was a hell of a play call. I go, was it really? I know that's how I know you're a slapstick. I called a fucking inside zone play just to hand the ball and get out of the half. And the best player in football took the motherfucking 99 yards. Coaching is <laughs> overrated, Keem. Uh, my top 10. All right. I'm going to get into my top 10. Matt asked yesterday about my top 10, and he spit his out real quick. I'm going to pull mine up on the ticker below so the world can see. You can all fucking go, oh, the fucking chat. 400 people are going to talk shit. I don't fucking care. So here we go. I'm going to go Tom Brady. Here we go. Before I pull it up, before, I know you guys saw everything. I'm going to use this criteria. You've had, for me, you've had to at least, to be in my top five, have won a Super Bowl, been to Super Bowl, and just one of the elite of elite. All right? That is how my criteria kind of is. So here we go. Tom Brady, who's the GOAT as far as wins. I do not believe he's the best as far as skill set, but I do believe he's the best quarterback. All right. We're not going to get into that fucking thing uh, as far as winning and losing. Um, so Agreed. that's number one for me. Um, I got Troy Aikman because I believe Troy Aikman can travel to any era and be as accurate as any quarterback of all time. He is the fucking. You, people do not. You're 40 years old, Matt. How do you not believe in fucking Troy Aikman? You know how good he was? Do you realize how good he was? The second best quarterback of all time? Yeah, dog. Do you know how good Troy Troy fucking Aikman? Do you know how good he was? Let's get to it. Let's get to it. All right, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Um, i got to make an announcement. My main man, a fan favorite of the show, Wido. Is in the building. Uh, Wido is going to help me out with the show on the back side of it. And uh, he's going to help me out with some editing stuff and some control of the show as far as representing uh, what goes up and what comes down. So appreciate Wido for jumping in here and uh, and helping me out uh, every morning. So we're going to make that transition to the cigar studio very shortly once we figure out the cameras. We were working on it yesterday with a tech guy, a buddy of mine. Uh, named Enoch and, and Wido and, and uh, Derek, who's helping out the show and doing a lot of video editing. And we're still looking for a few interns to melt, blow up the brand. If you guys know about any anyone that knows how to do some video editing stuff, graphic stuff, hit us up, thecoachjbshow at gmail.com. Uh, we got about 25 minutes. Sean King's going to join us. And uh, we're going to break, um, break down a bunch of different things. Uh, LeBron says he's focused, uh, and is, and the focus is shifted away from Kyrie Irving trade. Um, so that means you were focused on the Kyrie trade coming to LA. That's what it means. So LeBron was really focused on getting Kyrie to the Lakers, and it showed. And now he's finally sat down with Mike Wilbon yesterday. And broke down that he was work that he was trying to get Kyrie to come to the Lakers, and now that he's not, um, he has to focus on the Lakers. Well, fuck you, you guys are fucked then because there's no way you guys have a chance at this 
So I don't know what they're doing there in Lakerland. Thursday is the trade deadline in the NBA. What else is out there for the Lakers to try to get? I have no idea. I don't know what the Lakers can get. I don't know if they have anything to get. I don't know what they can trade to get anyone. And who is out there left? There's some guys out there, but who, you know, a lot of people want to get Zach Levine. A lot of people want to get uh, DeMar DeRozan, LA native. Both played, you know, Zach played at UCLA. DeMar is from Compton. Like, it makes sense, but can they get them? I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't think Chicago wants Russell Westbrook. I don't think anyone wants Russell Westbrook. I don't know what team would want him besides maybe Houston or some team in a full rebuild. I have no idea. Um, So we'll see how that works out. Um, If you guys don't know... uh, There is a new conspiracy out there, right along with the Hamlin kid in Buffalo, right along with the world being flat, like Kyrie says, right along with a lot of other shit out there these conspiracy theorists have. There's another one out there that Stevie Wonder can see. And if you haven't seen the Stevie Wonder video of him singing, and um, take a look. Chris how did he? How how did he adjust the mic so fucking easily? Everyone wants to know. How did he adjust the mic so simply? Take a look. Take a look at how he adjusts the mic. (laughs) Um, Hey, it is what it is, man. I, you know, Quit with the shit. I think he's been around long enough. You can have a sense of feel. Why the fuck would Stevie Wonder fake his blindness for his entire life since I've been alive? Uh, Come on, conspiracy theorists. Miss me with the bullshit. Why would Stevie Wonder fake his blindness? That's like Tupac faking his death and Elvis... And all these other conspiracies. Come on, dog. Leave my main man, Stevie Wonder, alone. That's my dude. I I, I love some Stevie Wonder. Um, Brady says he's going to start Fox in 2024. I can't wait to talk to Sean King about that. Sean King about the quarterback state in the NFL. I'm going to ask him about that. And why did Tom Brady take pictures in his boxer briefs? We're going to ask him about that. Uh, I love Matt's take on that. Goats do not show off their ass, um, figuratively and literally. Uh, I got to ask something, though. Um, Shit. Let me fix something. I got to ask you something. Ray Lewis was recently asked about the mishit. The That hit right there. Um, Purdy. Yes, they lose. What would have happened? Oh, what a catch by Kittle. Are you kidding? And there is his response. 
Ray Lewis on Diggs missing the hit on George Kittle. If that was Ed Reed, the ball was coming out. That was just something I wanted to touch on because a lot of you cats don't realize that was a different era, just like I said it was. And you can clearly see him missing that tackle uh, right there. Ed Reed blows that shit up. And you see Ed Reed and Ray Lewis saying, come on, dog. This would have been a natural disaster. Um, I believe that Ray Lewis is 100% right, but what do I know? I think I've been on this show showing this clip several times. I've been on this show talking about anyone with any nuts would have absolutely blown that up, knocked the ball out, did something, but I got to go back and forth with the soft pussy in America that wants to say, well, you're going to pay his fine? No, his ad sponsors would pay his fine. His teammates would pay his fine. His absolute teammates who would want to win the football game and go on and play in the fucking NFC championship game would have paid his fine. They would have all put in five grand, dog. Like, how hard is that to come up with? Hey, dog, fuck that. We're banging each other. We're banging cats out here. If we get fined, we're all in it together. We'll pay each other's fines. Cool, let's roll. Five grand a piece ain't shit. Come on, man. You guys all have excuses for fucking excuses. Soft, soft, soft. That's what it is. But, you know, is what it is, dog. That's where we are now. We're soft as pussy. Um, runny pussy, to say the least. Um John King, can't wait for him to join me. We're going to break that down. We're going to talk to him. Chris Jones joins us, uh, Edmonton um, Eskimos uh, head coach. Um, and uh, I got to, I'm going to, I'm going to bring my main man, Wido, in here. Uh, he's rocking a slapdick hoodie. Wido, uh, I want to, I want to let everyone know, man, you're helping out the show. I appreciate you uh, greatly. And I know you're full on trying to get Wido podcast jumping. So we're going to try to promote that shit, cross-promo it. Um, tell the folks why you want to do this. Yeah, man. As everybody knows, man, I started as a little fan, came up, co-host with JB. Now I'm, I'm transitioning to producer Wado, just to kind of make things a little bit smoother. As you guys saw, I'm controlling the commercials and everything. So when JB moves, I can kind of control it as I will. I'll kind of get more interaction with the people in the chat if you're all nice and everything's cool. Besides that, as you know, I got my show, The Wido Podcast. You can find me on YouTube, Wido Podcast, Instagram at Wido. I do it all. This is more sports. I stay in my lane. We're talking life. I'm an amateur philosopher. Hello. Nothing else besides me. We're just going to make the show flow and go smooth, Coach. No doubt. I appreciate Wido. Uh, we got to get Hector back in here and talk some betting. Uh, I ain't seen Hector in a while. I think Hector, Hector, man, got uh, – Hector, I think is uh, Hector. You getting married or what, dog? I, I you gotta, you gotta show me what's up, man. You, gotta, I gotta get you back on the show, talk some betting. Um, yeah, some big job opportunities, and there's a huge Super Bowl weekend. There's a big fight this weekend too, Coach. Pound for pound, number one. Is there? Yes, sir. Saturday. Um, Pat McAfee had your boy on yesterday. Uh, Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley. I told you, Coach. That pink hair. Come on now. Yeah, I don't know who that is. I never seen him before, but. Um, that's the guy who fought the Russian. You didn't want to pick him because he had pink hair at the time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He won, though? Yes, sir. Ba uh, <laughs> baby girl, Hector. <laughs> uh, it, 
Hey, I got a, I got I got uh Sean uh King joining me here in a minute. Um Wido's gonna be running it from the back. We got Chris uh Jones joining him here in a minute. Um can't wait to get after that. And uh Wido, what's your thought on this? Coach, man, it's like I understand some of the young girls, some of the young people wanted to do shit like that, only fans to get money. Tom Brady don't need no fucking money, so I don't know what's going on right there, coach. Maybe he wants another supermodel. You never know. Hey, Wido always comes with the fire questions, so Wido will be popping in on the show from time to time. He might drop, ask me some questions on some downtime in between guests. We're going to be having a lot of guests on uh, every week. And uh, and then when there's downtime since I had lived the show, hey, Wido will pop on, and he'll ask me some questions. And uh, I got to yep. ask you one. Who's fighting this weekend? So this weekend is the pound-for-pound pound number one fight. The lightweight belt is going to go down between Islam Makachev, who just won it, Khabib's understudy, and Alexander Volkanovsky, who's the number one pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world. And he's the featherweight champ, one weight class lower, 145. He's moving up to fight 155. He's smoked everybody else. It's going to be a huge fight, a huge match in Australia, which is where Alexander's from. So the Russian is coming over to Australia. It's also a big co-main event, um, but we're all focused on the main event fight. Um, so, And I got volkanovsky winning that's all i'm gonna say but coach i want to ask you a question before i jump off i think matt killed it with the the faith question as an atheist in your opinion as a head coach is faith necessary in football a violent game like football maybe not even the god but just some kind of faith bigger than uh, yeah faith in what the hell the head coach is selling them so dog, all that's all that's bs in my opinion i believe that they buy into what you're selling them and they believe in what you tell them and you and they believe that you have their back 1000 percent of the time whether it's with admin with a teacher in the community that you believe in them that they will not fuck you and lie to you um then there that is the faith that's the faith they need um I never really got into the faith of anything else. We did a little prayer before games. We did a little, you know, my father uh, prayer or whatever. That was really it. Um, but it was nothing really discussed as, you know, I'm not going to ever push that on anyone. That's where it gets gray area. And that's why I don't know how far this will go with Dion in Colorado, because if you can, if you force that on people, you're going to get a little pushback too. So, mm -hmm. I'm not I would never I would never push that on nobody. All I'm the faith I'm pushing is the faith to uh believe in what I'm selling, run through a wall for me as I will for you, and uh we move on that way. But uh faith as far as God, Jesus, the angels and all that, I, I never got into it with my players. I I uh it was just kind of a nat it was just kind of a mutual respect thing more yeah. than it is what God you believe in. You know what I'm saying? Yep, yep, big time. Appreciate you, Wido. You already know, Coach. Big fight this weekend. I got Alexander Volkanovsky. Hey, Islam's real good, Coach, but he ain't felt that fucking power yet. So let's go, Alex. Appreciate you. We got to do a fight scene this week. We got to do a little fighting thing this week. Uh, Wido will join us. We'll talk some fighting with Hector. Hector, we got to get Hector back on the show. Uh, talk some betting. Uh, I got to get into this. Uh with uh, Sean, Sean King, we're going to ask him about the Pro Bowl, what his thoughts were about this Pro Bowl uh, in about 10, 15 minutes. Um, somebody in the chat asked me, is Michael Vick gimmicky? He's just being a smartass because he thinks I call 
because I called Michael uh, Patrick Mahomes gimmicky in a gimmicky offense. Uh, Michael Vick had no gimmick to him. His gimmick was he ran 4-2 and he had a cannon. He had no gimmick. Um, he wasn't the great passer that a lot of people are nowadays. Michael Vick wasn't a great passer. He was a freakish thrower, had a cannon, and he would outrun you, period. Like, there was nobody that we've ever seen like him. Lamar Jackson is close, but he's not Michael Vick. I don't care what you say. Also, did you see Michael Vick ever slide? He didn't. This was before the sliding era existed. Michael Vick took on shoulders, uh, dropped his shoulder, dropped his hat. He would run out of bounds on occasion when he got through the line of scrimmage. But you didn't see Michael Vick sliding a lot like you do now. Obviously, the rules have changed. Um, but there's nothing gimmicky about Michael Vick. Um, so, you know, but we know the Dick Ryder's questions when we see him. We we know the Dick Ryder questions when we see him. And, uh, and, and it is what it is. So it is, you know, it's all right. I love the Dick Ryder questions. Um, Michael Vick was by far a better passer than Lamar Jackson is. By far. Uh, Cam Newton had a great... Cam Newton had a great rookie year. He threw for like 400 yards five times. He had a hell of a good rookie campaign throwing the football. Had Steve Smith, had a bunch of guys he could throw the football to on that team. Greg Olson, I believe, was there or came right after he left the Bears. Um, I don't know. I don't think Cam Newton was gimmicky. See, I don't call Patrick Mahomes gimmicky because of what he does all the time. I call him gimmicky from what the system is allowing him to do and what the system does. The system is gimmicky so that Patrick Mahomes can succeed. Just so we're clear, do you think Andy Reid runs that shovel pass, gimmicky shit, hook and ladder with Tom Brady? That's all my question is. Is My question to you fans out there who know more football than me, does Andy Reid run this system with Aaron Rodgers, with Tom Brady, with any of these guys, Matthew Stafford, any great ball spinner, do you think Andy Reid runs this shit with them? Did he run it with Alex Smith? Did he run it with A.J. Feely? Did he run it with Donovan McNabb? No. And he did not have near the roster talent that he has now and that has he has had over the last four years in Kansas City. He didn't have this roster talent in Philly on the team that he took to the Super Bowl. He didn't have this roster talent. He had some good teams. He didn't have this roster talent. So it tells you, dog, if you know football, it actually shows you. It actually shows you why he runs the system he runs. It is for Patrick Mahomes to have success. Come on, man. It allows him to have success with a little bit of free reign to use his athleticism to be creative in a gimmicky system. So however you want to take it, it's a gimmicky system. Patrick Mahomes is gimmicky. It's all because of how they control the narrative. And that's period. And the bottom line is, you ain't doing that shit with all-time ball spinner guys like Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford. You're not doing that with those type of guys. You don't have to. 
The ball's coming out. The ball's coming out. The ball's going to be fucking thrown on time to receivers on time. You have Travis Kelsey, top five tight end of all time, possibly. Why do you have to be gimmicky? Throw the fucking ball on time to that motherfucker. You know how many times he's missed because the ball's not thrown on time? We're going to break that down tonight on Last Chance Q. Do not miss that shit. Um, By the way, Jeff Garcia was really good with Andy Reid. People don't want to fucking talk about that. Much better than he was uh, just for the short time he was there uh, compared to the longer stint that he was in Frisco when he replaced Steve Young. Um, my question is though, what are y'all going to say? All you goat talkers, all you fucks that talk about Patrick Mahomes being a goat and putting him in the top three of all time already, bumping him above Joe Montana. I want to know what the fuck y'all going to say when he wins, when he loses two out of three Super Bowls. He doesn't throw many touchdowns. He throws more interceptions than touchdowns. His passer rating in the Super Bowl is below Rex Grossman, for Christ's sakes. I want to know what you're going to say about your top three quarterback of all time. It blows my fucking mind that you cats really anoint these dudes so fucking quickly. This guy's been in the league four years, dog. Four years. And he's thrown two touchdowns and two Super Bowls. Pump your brakes. Pump your fucking brakes. I just want to know. I want to ask the question now. I want to know where the fucking naysayers and haters of JV are going to go when Patrick Mahomes loses another Super Bowl and has a shitty performance. What are you going to say? That's what I want to know. Now, if he comes out and throws five touchdowns and no picks and he fucking beats the Eagles, now JB can start to really evaluate this dude and say, all right, hey, man, he's 2-1 and one in the Super Bowl. He's bumped Aaron Rodgers. He's got more Super Bowl wins than Aaron Rodgers in just his fifth year or whatever. He just ripped a great defense in Philly, and he took a team without Tyreek Hill which everyone said he could not do, and won a Super Bowl. Now JB will start to eat crow a little bit and say, you know what? He earned that shit. He earned that shit. He made up for two average to below average Super Bowls against a great defense in Philly, and now we can start having a conversation about JB eating crow. But until that happens... Please, why can't you discuss the fact that he's been horrible in two Super Bowls? And if he's horrible in a third one, how are you really going to bump him above Joe fucking Montana, Dan Orlovsky? I I, got to ask Dan Orlovsky. I got to get him on the show. And I text him all the time. How have you bumped Patrick Mahomes above Joe Montana? He has two fucking touchdowns in two Super Bowls. I'm going to text Dan Orlovsky right now. That's how upset this has me. Uh, And I'm going to ask him why he's not on my show yet. Uh, Bro, how can you have Mahomes at 
Number two. All time. Above Montana. He has two damn touchdowns in two damn Super Bowls with four picks. Come on, man. I got a text. I had to text Dan on the, on the show. I had to text him. Uh, and I said, you got to get your ass on the show. Um, there's no way you can bump him above. There's no way you can bump him above Joe Montana, above Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman has three Super Bowls with three appearances. Like, come on, dog. How can you do that? Why though? That shit scared the fuck out of Coach, me. Coach, you might have some breaking news, dog. Let me just prepare you before we even show this. I might have to, Coach. Yeah, what I'm doing, Twitter. Everybody in the chat. I'm on Twitter looking. If we see some breaking news and shit, I pop it up here. This is brace yourself. This is a grown man claiming that he's now a baby girl. And uh, he's gonna explain his diapers Go choice ahead. and. Uh, that I wear all the time. I am so glad that I am in diapers and I am so glad that I am a little sissy baby girl. And I am so glad that I will that I know that I will never ever have to be an adult ever again. Evil again. She's even stuttering, coach. I just had to put that out there. I mean shout out. This is a live reaction from JB. He was scared, so am I. God bless. Hey, Dan Orlowski just texted me and said, Montana isn't top 20 in anything. Game is greater than the Super Bowl. This ain't tennis. I just texted him. Hell nah. Come on. He ain't even close to Aikman. He just texted me back. Aikman with uh, question marks. Um, um, let's see. Oh, man, you got to come on this show. Um, I'm talking to, I'm talking to Dan right now. My apologies. During the halftime show, Chuck Downfield shares some wisdom from his playing days. You know, my old coach used to say to us kids, Take your fucking ass home, man! Ain't nobody sucking your dick! Shut the fuck up, man! Take your ass home! Some people never even saw that, Coach. I had to bring it back to him. People were pissing their pants earlier with that shit right there. Hey, I'm going at it with Dan Orlowski right now. Um, man, um... Uh, fucking shit. We're going at it right now. Uh, I got to get him on the show, man. Dan's got to pop on the show. Uh, um, uh, 
we're going at it about quarterbacks right now. Um, he's in Vegas. Uh, ESPN's in Vegas. Orlowski's there. Um, we're going to see uh, how he goes. Uh, I told him, quit big time me and come on the show. Um He's just like Matt, dog, another Aikman hater. I don't get it. Aikman's the most accurate quarterback of all time. Of all time. Like, come on, man. Oh, William Barnes, you're a troll. Um, why though? I was so busy. The the guy, the the grown man acting like a baby. Um there's just no way I could watch that and have a serious conversation about it. He, uh, I, I just, I, why not? Let me ask you this before Sean, uh, before Sean King jumps on. How do you know the difference between a cat for likes and tweets, retweets, who makes videos for TikTok to get engagement in a real video? I posted a video the other day. This girl gave, this, this lady gave her daughter a car. Yep, and yep. then the, and the the girl said, "I don't want this Tesla. I wanted a Mercedes." People think that was for tweets and relikes. I posted it like you disrespectful little fucking girl, and they're like, "Coach, that's for that's for TikTok." And then some people are like, "Nah, dog, that's real." Regardless if it's fake or not, that that shit really happens too. Oh yeah, it really happens in real life. And coach, it's the only real show. We got the realest Sean King in the building. Let's go ahead and do it right. Yes, sir. Sean, what up? What's up, man? It's cold out here in Vegas. <laughs> man, you got the Raider jacket on. Um, you got to represent now, huh? I'm a man of the people, man. I try and lock in wherever I'm at, baby. Hey, I did a <laughs> trivia question, dog. I did a trivia question uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, I'm like, does, does anyone understand that? I said, who was the first rookie quarterback to make a conference championship game before Big Ben, Flacco, Purdy, Mark Sanchez. And no, and no, and you know what? One person got it right. He said, Sean King. You know what's crazy, Coach? When I was going through it, because the world was so much bigger than this is before social media, internet. I mean, you got your news the following morning by a newspaper. You know, a lot of people, if you call their house and somebody's on the phone, you got like a busy signal. Like this was a different America. I don't know if anyone in the media knew because it was never brought up. I was never asked. I kind of found out about it when Roethlisberger did it. And I was like, well, damn, didn't I already do that? So uh, it's good to still be alive and kicking, man. It made me feel good during the game uh, when they put the graphic up. I didn't realize I was the youngest of all five guys. You know, the next hurdle we got to get is one of them to actually win the game. Uh, so shout out to Brock Purdy and his rehab, man. That's got to suck to get to that stage and have that happen to you. But, man, he persevered to get this far. He'll be good. I'm talking to uh, Dan Orlovsky on text right now because I'm I'm going off on his ass right now and telling him that, to me, Troy Aikman's the top five and how you put Mahomes at number two already above Montana, who threw 14 touchdowns in, in Super Bowls, no picks. Mahomes has thrown two, in, two touchdowns in two Super Bowls with four picks. Let me just straighten me out, dog. We can have a great discussion and conversation. This ain't even on my a list to ask you, but is I, I think Mahomes is in a perfect <clears throat> offense with Andy Reid to 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 thrive in. 
And I don't think that Andy Reid runs this type of offense with Tom Brady or an Aikman or Aaron Rodgers. I think they do a lot of gimmicky shit on offense to make him thrive because I don't believe I don't believe Mahomes is a guy to hit his third step, fifth step, and let it rip. I think he has to improvise a lot of shit for whatever reason. I don't know why. But he has done a hell of a job without Tyreek Hill. Everyone hated it. They thought he was going to be garbage and all this, and now he's back in his Super Bowl. I'll eat crow, but I if, if, if this is the third Super Bowl in a row that he underperforms and and gets beat down uh, and he's one and two, can we start to say, hey, man, maybe it's because the AFC and the West that he's in is kind of down and he's not played a playoff game away from damn home yet. Well, let me address a couple of different things. First of all, you know, I think the one thing that we do in the media, and I always try and check myself on this, is I don't compare active young players who are talented to guys whose resumes are so significant that they're going to be first ballot Hall of Famers because I don't think your career is your career until it's over. So just because a guy Thank gets you. off to a fast start doesn't mean it's sustainable. Just because a guy gets off to a slow start, a la a Drew Brees, doesn't mean that he can't all of a sudden reinvent himself and end up being a Hall of Famer. So I pump the brakes on anything that's active that's being compared to the Joe Montanas of the world just because those guys did it over an entirety of a career on different teams. Uh, secondly, let me address the brilliance that's Andy Reid. I think it's what makes Andy Reid one of the elite guys to ever coach this game because he's done it with different quarterbacks. I mean, he did it with McNabb. He did it with Vic. He did it with Alex Smith. He's Garcia. doing it now with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, so, I mean, when you look at his resume, you know, I always say this about a great play caller, a great coordinator. He has to be selfless. And I think that's what makes Andy elite. It's never his system. It's what personnel do I have available this year. That's why he's always found a way to be successful, even when the quarterbacks from a skill set, you know, have, have very different abilities. You know, as it pertains to Patrick Mahomes, from a pure talent standpoint, I mean, he is going to go down as, you know, somebody that I Top think line, is, a, is, 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 is a gift and a curse for the game. And, and let me expound just a little bit. It's a gift because when he's on, it's an amazing thing to watch. Uh, to me, the curse is going to be there's no way they should have lost a Cincy last year. They did because he does lack consistency in his fundamentals because he does, you know, play on the other side of, of risk. And he's talented enough to get away with it. Now, to me, the real curse is he's birthing a whole generation of quarterbacks that are trying to emulate him who don't have his skill set. And that's why you don't see a lot of consistency from a lot of these young guys. You know, they throw sidearm when there's no need. You know, they throw falling off their back foot when they can step into the throw. Like, And so I enjoy watching him. I think ultimately he's going to be successful at a high level because Andy Reid is there, as you mentioned. And uh, I, I enjoy his talent, but I wish that when things are perfect around him, he would just do it the old-fashioned, fundamentally sound way. So that way these young quarterbacks that want to be him, they see that there's a, a fundamentally sound way to play the position. Man, you couldn't have said it better. I, I appreciate it. Uh, I say the same shit every day, dog. I just don't get it. And these people anoint these cats so quickly on these big platforms, like you just said. It's like, can we pump our brakes on anointing these guys after three and four years? Like, I'm just like, what? What? God forbid. We hate to see anyone get injured or something. But I'm just saying, dog, like, what if a cat goes down tomorrow? Like, what, what, you don't know if Purdy's ever going to be the same. We don't know. We're, we'll never know. We'll never know if he's going to be the same. 
Um, but let's just say that he he's a guy that's been playing t- three years and he's been ripping it, and now he's done. Like we don't know how you, you're gonna call him the best ever. No, you can't. So like, and, I, and, I, and JB, I think guys got to be cautious with that, man, because first of all, it's it's not objective that you compare somebody that played 15 years or somebody that's played four. And I don't care what they've done in, in that small window of time. Consistency is only you know, manifested through time. And time takes time. The other thing is it's unfair to the actual player. Like, there's no reason that Josh Allen should feel like he had a bad season because he's still a young quarterback. When you look at the clay that showed up in Buffalo out of the University of Wyoming, he's actually overachieved. Juco. He yeah, he didn't come in as a guy – who people thought was going to be, you know, without warts right from the beginning. So he's developed. I think what he went through this year, and it it goes back to your point about Andy Reid, and I think that's what a lot of these organizations miss. Brian Dayball was 80% of Josh Allen's development, his ability to understand his strengths and weaknesses, his ability ability to communicate do's and don'ts, uh, his ability to show him visually and remind him verbally daily on what's acceptable and unacceptable from a turnover standpoint. And it's not just about talent. It's about consistency. And when Dave left, he turned Daniel Jones, I don't think, into a franchise quarterback, but at least into one that can function. And without Brian Dayball, Josh Allen turned back into that guy that plays on the other side of risk, that turns the ball over unnecessarily, that's more interested in the wild play as opposed to the first down play. And so, you know, he's got to be self you know, uh, he's got to look in, in in the mirror and be honest with himself. And, you know, they've got to, as an organization, figure out, does the Ken Dorsey-Joe Brady dynamic have what it takes to get Josh Allen to the next level? Now, that's a great-ass point. Um, people don't realize, like, this is a Juco kid from Cali who goes out there, similar to Aaron Rodgers, goes to Wyoming. Rodgers goes to Cal, much bigger stage. You go to Wyoming, you already have overachieved. Um I believe his mechanics get in his way just like Mahomes do because they're so talented and big-time arm and so athletic that we're so quick to get the ball out. We, You know, the old saying, Sean, as you know, as, as I know, when we coach QBs, be quick, don't hurry. Uh, John Wooden term. These cats are so – they want to rush everything because they're so big-armed, and you see their feet are, are just misplaced, and they're they're, they're either too overstriding or they're too quick, and, and the ball's skipping in the ground. They're, they're, they're selling them high. We see that so bad because I agree. I just think it's a bad system in high school and college that we're, we're so worried about teaching tempo, go fast, card the offense in instead of call the play, and we're so fast that we don't care about fundamentals anymore. We're not even taking center QB exchanges in practice anymore at the high school and college level. So I just think we're setting these great athletes, the most athletically gifted group of quarterbacks we've ever seen, and we're making them, in my opinion – not very good quarterbacks. They're great athletes, but they're not good quarterbacks yet. And I hope that changes. Uh, let me ask you something, man. You were there in Vegas. Um, so you guys know, follow Sean. He does, uh, he's a co-host of VSIN, right? VSIN? Yep. Uh-huh. Betting network out there in Vegas. Um, let me ask you something. The Pro Bowl, are, have you accepted it what it is? Or does it make you laugh? Does it make you cry? Does it make you cringe? Like, what? what is it? Well, Here's the issue as a former player. The Pro Bowl used to mean something. It used to be an actual accomplishment that separated good from elite. 
And the thing that I don't like about it is a lot of guys now are able to walk around and when they finish playing, they can be introduced as former Pro Bowl this and that when they weren't a Pro Bowl caliber player. And, you know, that's the issue I have with it. How they decide to present the game or lack thereof, I could care less. But I'm not going to call names, so I don't want to isolate anybody. But when Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers are in uh, Monterey, California, playing in the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, then you know what happens? Two quarterbacks that didn't have Pro Bowl seasons now are named a Pro Bowler. And that's frustrating because uh, if your top guys aren't going to go to the event that's supposed to celebrate your top guys, and I think for all the ways that the NFL gets it right, this is something that they have to get fixed. And you know what? It's going to continue, Sean, as, as long as that, that Allegiant Stadium sells out like it did for a flag football game. Ain't nothing changing, right? The money keeps coming in. You're right. I just I, – I, I don't mind flag or whatever. I just think the guys that are playing in the game should have had a season worthy of playing in the game. Like, I don't like this – I mean, it's the 10th, 11th quarterback – you know, down the list that's in the Pro Bowl because the top eight guys said, well, I'm injured, my ankle hurt, uh, I'm playing in the pro round. That's the part that gets me. No, I get it. I, 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 like, I, I like Tyler Huntley, dog. I, I love what he did backing up Lamar and, and, and Utah played. I know he – like, I love that he came in and, and, and did a hell of a job for a, for a guy that's back against the wall in, in Baltimore in a tough situation with really no wideouts. Uh and, you know, Pro Bowl, I mean, like, we might as well just put it on paper. Put Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen on the piece of paper. These were the Pro Bowlers like we back in the day in high school, right? Just this is the first team, All-American list, second team. Right. Put it on. This honorable, this honorable mention. Yeah, dog, just put, it on, <laughs> just put it on paper, man. Hey, tell the people, what are you doing nowadays? You're in Vegas. You're doing the betting show, co-hosting yeah. that show. What else? Yeah, so uh, you can check us out. If you got YouTube TV, we're on YouTube TV. Uh, it's a VEASAN prime time. It's from 3 to 6 Pacific. And listen, we talk sports betting, but, man, you know I, I get down. So we're going to talk entertainment. We're going to have fun. We're going to put a little spin on it. Uh, for those of you that love Coach JB show, it's pretty similar to that, minus some of the language. You know, uh, I got different kind of guidelines <laughs> being on television. but uh, You got to answer to some folks. Yeah. Hey, man, come uh, check me out on Twitter, at Real Sean King. Hey, it's a truth-only zone. I'm trying – I promise you now, we're just going to tell it like it is. The truth don't have emotions. It's just the truth. Yeah. Uh, Sean King, his Twitter is right there on the ticker below. Um, Sean, so look, we got. I got to ask you, before I ask you a few questions before you get out of here, I got to ask you something. Um, are you going to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm leaving for uh, Phoenix tonight. I'm doing a show here in Vegas that I'm going to fly out. So I'll be out there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I come back to Vegas Saturday. We're hosting a uh, pre-halftime and post-game show at Circa downtown las vegas so you guys in vegas come check us out i might be out there this later this week too i have to hook up i might be out there with my boy pat perez um uh who's in scottsdale and then uh, i was supposed to be at radio row this whole week but i was like man that shit show man i'm like let me <laughs> stay home and do the show here for a while and then i'll go down there later in the week um so look man you you played with Keyshawn in, in, in Tampa. I saw a few tweet back and forth. I know Keyshawn. Uh, he's not very – I'm going to be honest. He ain't really liked out here in L.A., and we actually both Juco guys in L.A. What was that all about back and forth? Just because he said – did he say some shit about you, or you were just like, look, dog, this ain't really how it goes? Well, I, I didn't actually see the clip live. Somebody sent it to me. They were talking about uh, 
I forget. I think it was Zach Wilson that they were talking yeah. about, and because yeah. uh, I guess you know Key was a Jet, and that was something involving the Jets, and in some kind of way, uh, I got intertwined into his message. I'm gonna just chalk it up that he got emotional, and uh, you know I just reminded him. You know we don't do that. I mean we don't come from that era, right? I mean we we don't we don't do public spats and stuff, man. Listen, I let your boy if you feel a certain way. But uh, I think you could tell by the way that the other members of those Tampa Bay Buccaneer teams chimed in. That, uh, I already know. Yeah, I, saw, sometimes, I saw all the great the greats backed you up, and I'm like, well, that tells you. People don't understand. All these cats that don't know me came out attacking me. I'm the worst. Da, da, da. And then you see all of these guys I coach in the league and all these guys I coach come out like, man, you have no idea. JV's that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. stop fucking playing. These haters don't have any clue. They don't know what it really was like playing on those teams. Um, so but, it is. But me and me and me and me and me and we ain't got no problems. We both got Sean in our name. It's all good. Hey, it, I had Marcellus Wiley on all the time. He's making his own show now. He's going on YouTube and shit. Yeah, that's hey, my dude. That's hey, my Marcellus, dude. he love you, dog. That's my boy. We grew up together. Marcellus like, dog, he coming out. He coming after all of them on, on his own show. He don't give a fuck. He coming out. My, he's like, man, Otto. Uh, he, he going after everybody. He's like, shit, I had to get out of there. I'm doing my own thing now. So I, I commend him greatly for coming out and stepping out of, out of, out of that comfort zone because you know, you with those big conglomerates like Fox, ESPN, and it's hard to leave that shit. You know, the money's good. Well, JB, you said it, and, you know, that's kind of why sometimes the narratives on sports media aren't as authentic and organic as they should be because unless you're financially independent to a point where, you know, you really can say, you know, I'm going to go my own path, you know, sometimes you do have to, if not lie, stay silent. And, you know, if you got a family to take care of, I get it, man. I truly do. You know, it's unfortunate that it's like that. Um, it's unfortunate that sometimes on these bigger platforms, the people behind the scenes, because they've been in a particular business their entire life, sometimes they think that from a knowledge standpoint, they're on par with the actual talent. And so sometimes there's some disagreements on how things should be presented, how it should be uh, from a content standpoint. But uh, I'm proud of my dog. Like one thing I say about myself is, you know, a lot of people wouldn't realize where he's from based on the path he's taken to get to this level of success. I mean, because coming from where he come from, to go to an Ivy League school and, you know, he, we were at ESPN together. And, uh, I mean, he was on the forefront of connecting social media with sports. And, you know, man, he's just a really, really smart, articulate dude. Like, that's man. my guy. Hell yeah, he uh he's raised by a great family. We grew up the same street in Compton, man. He's a he's a he's a real one. He's a great dude. Compton to Columbia, man. Um, I know, right? <laughs> telling you, uh, I got a few questions for you before you get out of here. Sean Payton, can he fix Russell Wilson or no? Nah? I think he can. Uh, I don't think what Russell's decline was physical. You know, I think I told you before. I think Russell had maxed out. But I think Russell, like I believe, association breeds assimilation. Jay, but you start hanging around that celebrity world and, you know, you start looking at that them checks is way different than football checks. And, you know, sometimes you get caught up, you know, with that energy and you forget that, man, can none of that help you on Sundays? I mean, that's 11 on 11. You got to prepare yourself physically and mentally for that grind because it's no easy plays. It's no easy series. It's no easy games. You know, the one thing people don't realize about the NFL is how much parity exists. It ain't no easy wins. I mean, anybody, you look at the Houston Texans down the stretch. You had to bring your A game to beat the Texans. I mean, just that's how that league is. So 
I think this was an eye-opener for Russell. I think the one thing that he does focus on is legacy. And I think this year taught him that he's not a no-brainer Hall of Famer, that he has to come back and rebound if he wants to realize his dream of wearing that gold jacket. So I think you're going to get a much, you know, better version of Russell. And, and I've always said this, Sean Payton on game day is right there with, with, with Shanahan, with Reed, like his ability to to design and, 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 and manipulate his scheme based on personnel is elite. So, you know, they're going to be fine. They can't help but be better because they were awful last year. No doubt. Uh, I think the same thing. And I think he's already putting his foot down, kind of like, you ain't going to have your personal QB coach. You ain't going to have your own fucking office. We ain't doing all that funny well, 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 Jamie, Jamie, let me say this, because I have an interesting opinion about that. None of that stuff matters, but you got to play good. You're right. So as a player, if you're going to isolate yourself and do your own thing, all you do is put a bigger microscope on you and more pressure on you to actually be what it is that you're representing. So if you're going to go that direction, it's for all young players out there. If you're going to go that direction, then you can't seek comfort later. You're not going to get any sympathy. No one's going to hear any excuses because you're out here doing your own thing. Whereas if you're part of a group, then people emotionally will will ride some of the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows. So as an athlete, you just got to make that decision. In the team sport, I always advocate being part of the team, man, doing what everybody's doing, showing your grind to everybody else. Don't isolate yourself. Because trust me, in a game that has 11 on 11, you're going to need the help, support of everybody out there for you to be successful. Yeah, there's no question. I I think uh... – you're right. If he balled out and he said, hey, I let my nuts hang and I'm right. showing out, I want my own office, all this, and you balled out and you had – because you had the damn near one of the top defenses in football last year that I hope we didn't see it get wasted because I, you know how this league is, Sean, more better than me. Like every, year to year it changes. The roster right. changes. Who knows? They lost their D.C. to Carolina now. Um, so we're going to see. Uh, why hasn't Arizona hired a coach yet? Is it Kyler Murray? Is it is it is it the cap? Is it Hopkins wanting to leave? All the above? Uh, what do you think? Well, let me just say this. I want all those guys to get the bag, first and foremost, you know, because what I understand is that if the pie is so large that you can afford to pay the employee at that level, then what is the company making? Right. So I look, I look at it from that standpoint. At the same time, I put myself in an organization's shoes, and I just don't understand why the Arizona Cardinals caved last year. If you weren't going to stay with Cliff Kingsbury long-term, then why would you lock up right. Kyler Murray long-term? He had two years left on his deal. If they had not caved and he had – and say he was coming up on his last year, this would be one of the most attractive jobs in the NFL because the incoming coach could sit Kyler down – and say, hey, I'm going to be here for a year. Everything that happened before I got here, I don't care about. You get this offseason, this training camp, and this season to demonstrate who you really are at this point in your career. And if I like it, listen, we're going to take care of you. If I don't, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'll pick up a picture of my family. I care about them more than anything in this world, and I got to take care of them. So I got to do what's best for organization. But because they paid him and you're stuck with him, and now he's injured, I mean, it's just not that attractive of a job because at the end of the day, the organization has said, if we fail, we're going to blame the coach, not the QB. 
No, I agree. Um, and then Hopkins wants out. You got, you know, you got a quarterback that we don't know if he's serious and invested. He's already been paid. So really, what what does he got to come to work for every day with the drive that he wants uh, other than just being professional? We don't know. So that's why these coaches, I guess, are like, screw it. Um, Brian Flores takes a D.C. job in Minnesota. He was a finalist, apparently, at that Arizona gig. I, I don't know if he's kind of been shined or blackballed or whatever we want to call it, shunned. Um, I don't know because of the lawsuit and everything else. Who knows how that goes? Um, why is Ursay bullshitting? Jeff Saturday still in the mix to me is laughable. I think he needs to go back to ESPN. Why is this taking so long to hire a coach in Indy? Well, a couple of things. Uh, Brian Flores, uh, if we're being honest with ourselves, he probably was proven right. I mean, the big issue in Miami was he didn't believe totally in Tua. And after this season, guess what? The Dolphins still don't know what they have in Tua, and he's been there for, what, four years now. So whether it be the concussions, whether it be the inconsistency in uh, performance from week to week at times, I mean, he had some highs, but he also had some lows. The organization is still in the position they don't know if they have their quarterback. So let's just look at that. And it looks like Flores was more on the side of right than he was on wrong. Uh, I thought that the Arizona Cardinals should have never gotten rid of Steve Wilkes when they decided to hire Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, I think when you see what he did with the Carolina Panthers, you can tell he's a leader of men. So if I was Arizona, I would tuck my pride and I would go back and hire the guy that I know can fix what's our real issue, which is our culture. Hey, they don't have a temperature culture. That next, that was my next question to you after the 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 indie thing. I'm like, why don't Steve Wilkes have one of these jobs? And obviously, right. we know some of the obvious questions or uh, uh, answers. Um, we got 32 white owners, basically, and sh- whatever Sean is down there in Jacksonville, whatever the fuck he is. But we got all these different. Why don't we have? Wilkes don't have a job. I I would have kept his ass right in Carolina. Uh, you know, I like hey, Frank. JB, Martin. JB, I, I, I've heard I've heard Frank Reich's a good dude. I would have kept Steve Wilkes in Carolina because Frank White failed in Indy because he couldn't get the quarterback position fixed. And what's Carolina's biggest issue? Quarterback. So that's that my hesitancy would have been why am I bringing a guy in that hadn't been able to fix quarterback? And that's what his background is in. It, how is it going to be any different here? To the Jeff Saturday thing, I just think Jim Ursay is in I'm going to show you guys mode. And I've said this on my show for when the season ended. Me and my uh, co-host Tim Murray, we got a cigar bet on this. I said, Ursay going to take his time so due process cannot be doubted because that was the big issue during the season was people felt like due process was, was not a part of that evaluation. And he's going to make Jeff Saturday the head coach. And his, his reasoning is going to be I think Saturday has the leadership qualities I'm looking for. I want him to go out and hire his own coordinators, his own position coaches, and be involved with personnel. The interesting thing will be which coordinators are willing to take that risk. Uh, I don't know. Who's even going to be available this late? Well, money talks, so you can always go and grab somebody from college, uh, Byron. You know, so I mean, people will come because he's available, right? Is he back from Thailand or Philippines? Uh, or I don't know, dog. He, hey, you, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta be honest. Hey, I don't have any issues with Kingsbury because Kingsbury did what any average college coach would have done if they were offered an NFL job. He took it. The one thing about Kingsbury, man, you got it. The way he played, I mean, 
you really got to tip your cap to cap to him. He never really gets overly sensitive. You know, he's kind of got like that dry humor, whether he's successful or whether he's failing. I mean, that that what he what he say? I'm going. I'm I'm, I'm leaving my what? cell phones. And, what? He, yeah, that 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 was dope. Man. One way ticket to Thailand or whatever. Right, right. That that was hey. dope. You got to tip your hat sometime. Hey, I heard he I heard he hit some uh, big stocks, and I heard he's got some buku. I heard he got some buku cheese. That's what I, rumor is. So I, I I think it was like deuces. I'm out because I I was shocked Nick Saban didn't really try to go after him, or he didn't try to pursue that job to learn how to be a head coach. Uh, I think Nick Saban's the rehab center of the world for coaches. Um, I think he would have been a hell of a that would have been a nice little fit, just like Sark Lane, everyone else that's came through there. Kevin Steele is back in Alabama um, as a D.C. So I think Alabama and Nick Saban could have been a rehab spot for Cliff Kingsbury. But you know what? He, he must have made so much money and loves them tie broads. He's like, fuck it, I'm out. So and JB, he's single. Like, so yeah. he don't have any responsibilities. And, man, listen, this is the one thing about coaching that's kind of – I don't think enough is talked about. Because everybody has a voice now. Man, the amount of – criticism, ridicule, uh, when you fail, the amount of success, adulation when you succeed, man, sometimes you just need to breathe. And, and out of sight, out of mind is the only way to breathe sometimes. So I can see Kingsbury going over there for six months, coming back, you know, maybe going visit, do the little tour and, and trying to see what he wants to do with the rest of his life. But uh, you know how this thing goes, man. Sometimes the stress, you know, it get thick, man. You have to find an outlet. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, before I get out of here, man, who wins Sunday? I'm going with Mahomes, um, and, and, and here's 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 what how I view this. I I think Kansas City is Amazon stock, like they're Microsoft at their heyday stock. Like I know what that is. I just feel like some of the Eagles is Bitcoin. Like I don't really know yet. I know they're talented, but I don't know how they handle adversity. They've had like this just cakewalk you know last month not not you know because they earned it they earned the buy you know but then they get a giants team that's really got me and you playing receiver <laughs> you know what i'm saying then san francisco they they get a fourth down conversion on their first drive that i still don't know why shanahan didn't call timeout because it was such a huge play that ultimately shouldn't have been a conversion and you know then purdy gets hurt and then johnson gets hurt and you know, they played the whole second half without being able, you know, to throw the ball. So we're going to find a lot about a lot about him. Tip my hat to uh, Jalen Hurts. You know, I like a quarterback that doesn't get the red carpet laid out for him, that doesn't complain, that just goes out and does. And I always remind people this about Hurts. There are a lot of undercurrent about Gardner Minshew should be the quarterback in Philly coming into this season. So, you know, the fact that he's going out and produce without necessarily the full support you know, externally and potentially internally, I mean, that speaks to his maturity. And uh, we're going to find out what Philly is on Sunday. We really are. Can can he can he throw for 122 yards again, though, and win? No, I don't think the game flow is going to be in their favor. Like, that's another thing. They play with the lead in both playoff games where they could kind of be conservative and – Run the know. football, stay ahead. Yeah. So, so this will be interesting because uh, – I mean, they're going to get some real dudes. And I, I think no matter what we say about Mahomes, he does understand legacy. And he knows he can't start his career with three Super Bowl appearances and only one win. So he's going to be locked in. Um, we'll see. Can they handle that rush? Can they put pressure? Because I always tell people this. Go back and look at the Packers-Eagles regular season game. 
you can make explosive plays down the field against this Eagles defense because they're not used to having to cover down the field because normally they dominate the line of scrimmage and present so much pass rush pressure that the opposing team just doesn't even really attempt to take advantage of it. So, you know, we'll see. I'm excited. I just hope we get a great game. We had not got a lot of great games in the playoffs. I hope we get one in the Super Bowl. I'm with you on that. Uh, man, I'm going uh, to hit you up. If I'm down there in Scottsdale this end of this week before the, see, before the game, I'm going to hit you up, man, and uh, we have to have a cigar. I'll bring some of my cigars for you, man. All right, just let me know, man. Blessings to you. Good luck with everything. I love the show, man. Thanks for having me on. Hey, man, I appreciate you, brother. Good luck. Later. Sean King, give it up. Um, former Tulane uh, Green Wave quarterback, Tampa Bay Buccaneer, uh, out there in Vegas. He is a co-host for VSIN Betting Network in Vegas. He does a show. I, I was on his show uh, a couple months back. Um, so it's uh, it's always good to see uh, guys like him uh, balling out and doing his thing. Um Without further ado, man, this is action-packed week, action-packed day. Um, we have a uh, good friend of mine, man, Chris Jones, the head coach for the Edmonton Elks. Uh, you might all know him as the Edmonton Eskimos. The name has been changed. Um, and so without further ado, bringing in my main man, Chris Jones, uh, to the show. Coach, what's going on, brother? And uh, I have a trouble connecting. Because of internet connection. Uh, is there Wi-Fi here? He's trying to get on. Um, he's trying to get his uh, internet fixed. Um, he's on the road. He's recruiting. Um, he is recruiting. Um, He's recruiting like college, man. I got to be honest. Um, he's recruiting like uh, like basically just like a college guy would. And we're going to get into that. It's going to be very fascinating once he gets that going. Um, so, um, um Talking to Marcellus Wiley right now. Um, Chris is trying to get on the internet. Let me see real quick. Here we go. What's up, dog? You got me? Hey, what's going on, brother? There you go, brother. Hey, you on your phone? Yeah, I'm on my phone. Hey, turn it sideways. It'll be a better look. It should switch uh, landscape. All you right. might have your phone locked. I don't know. All right. Larry, I'll come back in. I'll go out and unlock it. Okay, perfect. Um, he's got service now. Uh, he'll join us. Um, great dude right there. He is a four-time Great Cup champion in the CFL. He's coached with the Cleveland Browns. He's coached uh, at the college level. He's been around for a long, long time. Very knowledgeable football coach, um, to say the least. Um, so if you guys know who he is, uh, make sure you guys follow him. He don't have social media, by the way. He's old school. He's like Nick Saban. He don't do uh, social media. He don't do any of that shit. He is just a good old-fashioned ball coach. 
Uh, got to hang out with them in Vegas for the East-West Shrine game and the uh, NFL PA game, which was in Pasadena. There we go. Yes, sir. What's Wait, up, dog? You on the road? Man, I am actually at home for the next uh, two days, and I got to go to Atlanta for a workout. Okay, okay, got you. I was explaining to them who uh, every everywhere you've been, and I'm like, I said I got to hang out with you in Vegas, man, and uh, it was a blast. And I'm like, man, got getting to see you operate. I was like, people don't realize CFL head coach, uh, XFL, USFL, these other leagues, they got to recruit like college coaches, and you got to find the diamond in the rough that the NFL one through seventh round draft picks don't find and don't draft, right? That's right, man. You know, used to, uh, before the other leagues, we pretty much were able to get the guys that didn't go to the uh, to the NFL. But since the new leagues have come on, I've kind of changed my focus. I'm looking at more of the, uh, you know, the Division II, the, the uh, FCS, or what we used to call 1AA teams. And, uh, you know, we're looking at guys, you know, that average 21 yards a catch or 17 yards a catch. You know, we're looking at all the same guys. We're just – having to go out and get in front of them, you know, and do a little more recruiting than, than what we used to have to do. Nah, no doubt. I got to see you operating. You're, you're sitting there like, Hey man, this is like recruiting one-on-one shit. You're following all these different, uh, you know, uh, you know, you're following these guys trail. You're, you're, you're going from the damn NFL PA in Pasadena. <laughs> Me and you take a drive to Vegas, go to the East West game. And then you're on a plane to mobile for the, for the senior bowl uh, this past weekend. And now, what do you got going now? Now you're doing workouts individually for Edmonton? Yeah, yeah, we've got, uh, we, you know, we're going to do free agency down in uh, Atlanta. And, uh, and so we decided to have a workout there so that we can get, you know, we have to do regional workouts. So, you know, those kids are from South Carolina or North Florida or, you know, Alabama. They can all, Tennessee, they can come into Atlanta in a centrally located place. So we're going to do that. Uh, on Saturday, I'm going to have dinner with a couple of kids that are in the local area. And then we're going to do free eight, watch Super Bowl, then do free agency the following day in Atlanta. So, you know, it just allows us to, uh, to kind of kill all the birds with one stone, you know. Can you explain to these people that like, people don't realize uh, you've been around a long time. Coach Jones was at Alabama years ago as a grad assistant prior prior to Nick Saban, uh, Tennessee Tech, Cleveland Browns, just a few stops. You've been in Canada now damn near 20 years. Uh, as a head coach, you've got you, you've won four, what, four great cups? Four great cups. Yeah, we've been to seven, and uh, unfortunately, we've uh, we've lost three. So those are tough. Those are tough to think about. You know, we've been to seven. We've, we've had the good fortune to win four. Hey, hey, Tom Brady went to 10 of those damn things. He got he, he lost some, too. Shit. Yeah. Hey, it, uh, let me ask you something. Why is Canada the best option for American players over XFL, USFL? After hanging out with you, I kind of agree and see the CFL been around since the 18, what, 90s? <laughs> Man, it's a, it's like 100, 109, 110 years old. I, I didn't know that until I went up there and I coached. And, you know, I started looking. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's an old, old league. It's been around a long time. Uh, you know, it's, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to make NFL money. Uh, they did that back in the eighties and almost went broke. Um, you know, but it's a good solid league with a good solid fan base. People love the game up there. 
Uh, you know, hockey's king. You know, let's face it, hockey's number one in Canada, but it's a it's a really really strong league uh, with with some very nice new stadiums and that type of thing. So it's a, it's a good option for a guy that that either a doesn't make the NFL initially or B goes to the NFL and then bounces back. You know, we've had, we've had big names. We've had, you know, the, the Vince Young's, the Trent Richardson's, uh, you know, Christian Jones, Juwan Simpson. Uh, we, we've had tons of, of guys that have played in the NFL over the years. Uh, and, and Brandon Browner. Oh yeah. Yeah. BB. I mean, Brandon Browner was a, he's a good one. I don't know. I didn't forget about him. Sean I mean, Salisbury, my good friend I do a show with Sean Salisbury won a great cup up there. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, was, uh, he was on the Mike Riley staff. He, he was the quarterback for that team. He, you know, he was bouncing from the Minnesota Vikings uh, and the chargers and he went up there and won a great cup. Uh, he's on, we do a show together every, every Tuesday, Thursday, we'll do one tonight um, breaking down the NFL quarterbacks for the Super Bowl, But, he, uh, he won a great cup up there. And then you had Warren Moon. You've had all these different guys that have come through the CFL. And you sold me on it. I, I got to see it. You're like, man, people sleep on this talent, Coach. I mean, you guys you guys get big-time guys that end up going to the NFL and are serviceable. Um, why are you guys the best option? Because the XFL's out there now, USFL now. You got these indoor leagues coming back. Yeah. Um, why is Canada the best option? Just I think it's most sustainable. Well, I think that uh, you know, number one, it's it's a little different from the from the NFL in the fact that it's three down football. So, especially if you're a skilled player, you know, offensively or defensively, where if you're a cover guy or if you're a receiver or quarterback, I mean, there's a lot more. You know, we're going to throw the ball a lot more because of the fact it's three down football. I think next is is the fact that the you know, and I hope that that we need a league down here. We need a league, one of the two leagues to, to make, you know, to make it and, and for these kids to, to be, have a chance to develop that aren't necessarily NFL guys. Uh, and, and I certainly hope that, that one of the two leagues does make it. And, uh, you know, but as far as, you know, you can come up and you can earn a living in our league. Uh, you don't always stay in the league minimum range. If you, you perform, you get paid in our league, you know, and uh, with that being said, there's also a window, a two a two month window, a eight week window, where if you come up and you ball, that any any team in the NFL can come and get you. And a lot of people they don't know that man, you know, because for years the CFL locked them into long term contracts in the middle of their you know in the middle of their twenties, and so uh, you know it's kind of a new deal. And I think that's why our league is a, a little bit better option than, than the others. No exemption rule, right? Cause when I was playing, we had to have an exemption to go get back out of that league or get into like UFL, you know, we had NFL Europe at the time and you had to be, you know, either had to be allocated from an NFL team or you had to have an exemption to go into one of these other leagues. Right. Um, so CFL is different in that regard. So that's good. What, what's, what's, uh, what are you most excited about this year at Edmonton? Um, as far as looking forward, I know you got to sign some guys, but you got to got you got a good team returning, and you got to just fill some holes. What what what's make what's makes this season coming up most exciting to try to go get you a, your fifth great cup? Yeah, well, I mean, last year certainly we uh, we left a lot to the imagination. Unfortunately, we had a lot of injuries and stuff, but you know that's just really you know I look at that like excuses, you know. So it's exciting the fact that we can go out have another recruiting class this year. Sign, we've got free agency starting. We've got about 
three or four guys targeted to try to sign in free agency. And then from there, uh, you know, we'll sign a bunch of street free agents and guys from these workouts. Uh, I firmly, firmly believe in the workouts and the things that we do when we travel around. You can find a lot of diamonds in the rough that are sitting on the street that people don't know about from small schools. If you go out and you do enough work and you're a gym rat like I am, you just kind of you fall into guys, you know. And so with that being said, then we have the draft and, uh, you know, and that's before you even mention any of our core group of young kids that we had last year. I, we feel strongly about our quarterback room. Uh, you know, just just a second ago, uh, my assistant uh, general manager called and said, Kyle Oxley, our number three quarterback's got a workout with, I think it was the Giants, you know. So, uh, but we've got a good a good core group of young kids coming back. we got our staff coming back 100%. Our personnel group is coming back. So, We've got a lot of carryover and uh, fully expect to make a run at this thing. No doubt. And like you said, you're a gym rat, but you're a go-getter. Uh, that is the true uh, – you're a motivation, motivator and a go-getter. That's what makes great head coaches and leader of men, in my opinion. Uh, got to hang out with you. I loved every minute. I got to see you operate. And it, it's exactly like being back in college uh, for me, recruiting and turning over every damn rock you can to find some untapped resources or find the next Brandon Browner or, or Warren Moon, um, which is out there, by the way, contrary to people's belief, we got 300 million people. There are guys out there that a lot of guys don't find because they don't want to turn over rocks. Um, so, you know, it, it's one of those things, um, which is, it was fun to see you, see you operate. Um, let me ask you something. You got, you, you, you deal with these guys in the NFL. You try to get the, the, the guy that they don't take. Um, from an outside perspective, you got to you go. You coach in the NFL. You're with Cleveland Browns. You you got to see this thing operate. Um, in your opinion, why is Arizona Cardinals finding it so hard to find a hire a coach? And you're in the NFL. Like, would you take that job if they called you? <laughs> well, I mean, again, it's uh, you know that would be certainly an honor if 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 that ever happened. But you know, it's 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 hard to find the right fit. You know, it's kind of like finding a quarterback. You know, and Different organizations have different criteria, what they're looking for in a leader. And, you know, it's a, it's a process where until you go through that thing of, of who you're going to hire, uh, it, it's tough to, you know, it's easy from the outside looking in, I guess, you know, especially a lot of times as fans uh, saying, well, you know, you should be able to find a guy, you're an NFL team, but, you know, uh, ownership has certain things that they look for and, and they go through the process and, and uh, some people interview well, some people don't. And uh, I never have gotten a job that I actually, I think, interviewed for. I think that uh, most times these jobs are already decided before I walked in the door, you know, whether I was going to get the job. The, for, the, the interview is just a formality. So that's kind of been my experience, you know. And so I can't really speak intelligently about, you know, exactly what they're looking for. But, again, uh, I'm sure that they'll find somebody that they feel strongly about coach i say it all the time i do a coaching show and i'm like these jobs are preconceived they're already a done deal i said we get the interview so that if the guy they want don't take the job they interview other guys to see if they're worth the shit to possibly offer him the job so people don't realize that these jobs are already done it's just a matter of uh you know does the guy accept the job when offered and if he didn't maybe coach Jones was, was, was the guy we, 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 we call. So like, yeah. 
people don't realize that shit, man. It's just one of those deals. It's it's unbelievable how how it operates. Um, well, and so many times, you know, so many times these coaches, you know, you have to keep this guy or you have to keep this guy. They really like, you know, somebody's, you know, related to somebody or whatever, you know, and you got to keep a couple of coaches or you got to keep trainers or you got to keep, uh, you know, whoever within the organization. And then so you got to find that person willing to come in and take that job under those circumstances. So that's kind of why that works. And full autonomy, right? You want full autonomy when you take a gig because you have to have it. That's right. I mean, I, it's been my experience that, uh, you know, you look around the NFL, you look around the CFL, the teams that are successful, you know, the head football coach has a lot of say-so over who plays and and uh, that type of thing. Because if you don't have control of your of your personnel, then, uh, you know, it, it's tough to it's tough to coach if you can't say who's going in at corner or who's playing running back, or who's playing receiver, uh, if that's being, you know, told to you, it makes it much tougher as a, as a coach. Hey, there's a lot, a lot of Blue Bomber fans in the chat here. Uh, they're going crazy uh, for you. Um, let me ask you something. Explain to us, is there enough talent to sustain XFL, USFL, and CFL all at one time? Is there enough talent that's not in the NFL? You know, I, I think that there probably is, but like I told our coaches back in uh, October, I said, man, we're going to have to know every kid in the, in the NAIA, the junior colleges, anybody that's, that's kind of in the transfer portal that doesn't have, you know, we're going to have to know everybody in order to su sustain three leagues. Otherwise, you're going to have to let them kind of, you know, back when arena ball, back when you came out, you know, how arena ball was, was really, really big and guys, you know, made a lot of money in arena ball. Well, a lot of those players, you know, uh, Kelvin Kenny, you remember big Kelvin Kenny? Yeah. Well, he traveled between the two leagues. Well, if there's, if they're not going to let them travel, man, we're going to have to know every kid out there and not just the CFL, the, the XFL and, and uh, the USFL as well are going to have to do a great job in, in scouting in order to not let the level of play drop. Yeah, and you know, this is a quarterback-driven sport right now. If quarterback play isn't very good, the NFL would be bad league if quarterbacks were bad, right? Like, yeah, no doubt. I mean, They're looking for the same things we're looking for, offensive tackles and quarterbacks, you know? so And a guy to get a pass rush, right? That's uh, right. Hey, it is what it is, man. What? Who you got Sunday, man? I know you're going to get to chill, watch the Super Bowl. Um you're, you're glad you're back in the, in the States. You're not in minus 30 up there in Edmonton or whatever it is right now. Uh, I got to come see you up there. But what? who you got Sunday? Man, that's a, that is a hard one. It's hard to pick against, uh, you know, either team. I mean, if you look at both quarterbacks, um, they've done a pretty good job. I mean, uh, the, the toughness factor of Philly, you know, up front on both sides of the football. Uh, but just like the other night, I mean, you, you never can count the team speed of, of Kansas city is so good. I mean, so it's going to be, it's hard. It's, I can't even pick a winner right now. I'm going to have to see our buddy and see if we can't find a, find a guy to, uh, to pick him. Hey, he'll be on my show Friday at Brandon Lang. Uh, coach Jones got to meet Brandon. Uh, Brandon, Brandon said bet big on the Eagles blowout victory. And he pointed out why, and they exactly did what he said they did. Um, so, it was fun. It was good times in Vegas, man. We got to do it again, uh, Coach. I, 
I, I wish you the best, man. I hope you can go get that great cup and hold it high. And I got to come out there and see you. Uh, this and, and when do you guys start camp? Uh, we start camp in May. And and you know, I wish that I wish that our game was on uh, down here in the states more than it is, man. Because it is, you know, I'm from Alabama. I grew up. I mean, you know, I got one daughter that's named Austin Bryant after Coach Bryant. Another one because I was born in Jackson County, Alabama. Her name's Jackson. You know, so I mean. Uh, football is huge down here, and I just wish that our game was on. Uh, I think that that more people down here would know more about our league. Uh, it's a it's a tremendous league with great history. Like you said, there's there's Winnipeg Blue Bombers fans listening to your show. I mean, uh, and they've had a great run over the last two or three years, and it's a it's a great league. And I just I, I just so wish that there was some way we could get a TV contract down here where the uh, people in the States could see it. Coach, before you leave, explain to these people, what is uh, what's the major difference between the American game and the CFL, besides the high motions and everybody being in motion, going vertical towards the line of scrimmage? Um, what is the main differences? There's not too many, right? Well, the box is essentially the same. You know, the the blocking and that type of thing, it's, it's very similar. You got inside zone, outside zone, yada, yada. Uh, the protections are maybe a little bit different because, you know, we've got the extra guy that we can blitz. Uh, we've got 12 players versus 11. The width of our field is 65 yards wide, so it makes it, you know, those windows in zone are a lot bigger than what they are on a 53-yard field. Our field is 110 yards long, and it's got 20-yard end zone, so you can throw a go route from the 25, 20-yard line, you know, so you got a lot of room to work with with that big of an end zone. Uh, Our play clock is 20 seconds. So, you know, people talk about playing hurry up offense and the play's got to be off. Like if we don't get it off in 20 seconds, it's a delay of game, you know. So those aspects and then six people can be in motion versus one. Uh, So you can do indicator motion with a lot of different people moving around to try to determine manner zone. And – uh, there's no fair catch, you know, so you've got you've to field every ball. And, uh, you know, when they kick the ball off, there's no kicking the ball out of the back of the end zone because the field's too big. So there's a, re- there's a return on every kickoff return. Uh, and if you don't kick the ball, you don't bring the ball out of the end zone on any kick, you can see the point. So, uh, you know, it, there's just a lot of different, uh, you know, different style rugby style rules in our league that that do make the game just just a little bit different Nah, that's exciting shit i gotta come out to a game i gotta come out to camp too, to. Yeah. i gotta come out there and see it i know it's beautiful i've never been so i gotta come out there and uh and check you guys out and i know you're gonna do great things and uh maybe i'll we'll see you before you even go back anyway we'll we'll, we'll get together and hang out um Whenever are you coming back on the west coast at all yeah, I'm, I'm coming back out we're gonna have a workout in los angeles at some point and, uh, you know, this spring we, we get to have, you know, six workouts during our off season. And right now we're at workout number two, uh, you know, so we uh, we're going to have our workout in Atlanta and then work our way west across the country. Oh, yeah, we got it. Yeah. If you need some help, let me know. I, I get you some uh, I get you some cats that have been uh, that been bagging groceries that can probably fucking rush the passer now. <laughs> we need we need a few. We need hey. a few. Hey, man, we think alike, brother. Hey, I can't thank you enough for coming on, man. Enjoy the weekend and the rest of the week, and uh, we'll get together soon. 
Absolutely, man. I, I appreciate it. And like I say, I, ho I hope that uh, we can continue to, to get some uh, CFL fans down here in the States. No question. I'm going to push the hell out of it. I love it, man. And I uh, appreciate you, brother. I'll talk no, to you soon. No doubt, man. Thanks, brother. Talk to you. Coach Jones, great man. Uh, head coach for the Edmonton Elks. They used to be the Eskimos. Uh, we had a private conversation about that. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that, but we all know why they changed the name. Let me, let me get into some real shit real quick about this name-changing business that we're doing in America right now. 600 mountains, rivers, and creeks have been name-changed this year alone. 600, if you didn't know that. 600 cat uh, name changes. And they attribute that to LGBTQ, Black Lives Matters, or some other PC group. But we were talking about this in specific. It blows my mind that 99% of these name changes are Native American names. And I haven't seen a Native American or an Indian standing outside their casino boycotting a name change. They actually want the Eskimos name back up in Edmonton. They actually want the Cleveland Indians name back in Cleveland. They actually want the Washington Redskins name back in Washington. They never wanted their names to be taken away. Because you never saw a fucking Indian boycotting why my name is being used. They want the names. So when is the Kansas City Chiefs, Atlanta Braves, Chicago Blackhawks, when is that going to fucking change? Again, three more Indian names. Why haven't I seen any fucking Indians boycotting? Because they don't give a fuck. They actually want their names being used. It's you soft pussy motherfuckers who want to change the names. Let's just keep it real. It ain't no fucking Indians wanting to change the names. They are fucking, they have a huge amount of gratitude for keeping the fucking names. They're pissed off that you're using their, that you're not using their names anymore. It's you soft pussy PC fucks out here who want to change the names. It has nothing to do with the bunch of Indians out here boycotting. That is what nobody wants to talk about. I have yet to see some motherfucking Indians walking down the street with picket signs talking about, why the fuck are we the Indians? Change the name. Bullshit. You ain't changed no name. They want your names to keep. I would have asked Coach Jones. He just said the Indians actually came out, and it's a huge Indian area up in Edmonton, they came out and said, why the fuck are you changing our name? We want the Eskimos back. We're proud to be Eskimos. We ain't the fucking Elks. They're the fucking Elks now. What the fuck is an Elk? A deer? Dog. Come on, man. Let's keep it real. Some of you motherfuckers don't want to talk about that shit. I can't wait for Florida State Seminoles to be changed. Or how about all these other names out there in college that no one's talking about? When are they going to change? See, that's what this fucking problem is. We're so fucking soft, man, that you want to use LGBTQ, Black Lives Matter, whatever you want to use to make up an excuse when really the excuse is it's a bunch of soft pussies out there and the ones with nuts won't stand up. Y'all won't talk. You won't say shit. You won't combat the minority, which is the cancel culture. 
If you motherfuckers would stand up and just say, you know what? We outweigh you. We outnumber you. We are the still the majority in the world. I believe the majority still wants rough, rugged, real talk, barbershop banter. But the minorities in the world, the cancel culture, which is the minority, outweigh the majority's voice. Because they talk, you don't talk back. That's the problem. And that is what we're seeing right now. And it's fucked up. Um, because none of you guys have a nuts to step up and stop and, and, and drop them like my good friend Marcellus Wiley has done and leaving his former platform to come and create his own. And I just got off the phone with him during that last conversation with Chris Jones. Marcellus Wiley is going to be joining the show uh, Thursday right here on the Coach AB Show. Marcellus Wiley will be here um, Thursday. We're going to talk about how mediocrity is the new excellence. We're going to talk about that in totality. His his show on YouTube, make sure you follow it. Look at that. I just saw that, JD. Uh, make sure you follow Marcellus' new channel on YouTube. Follow him. Um, he does a hell of a job. He had little Wayne on his show to start off. Uh, he's under the Dan Patrick Network, but he's also got his own YouTube show. So make sure you follow uh, him, and he'll be on Thursday. Tomorrow, Jason Whitlock, Steve Kim. Um, we got a Jatire Carter, the starting left guard for the Chicago Bears, will be on Thursday um, with Marcellus. And uh, we got, man, we're going to have a great uh, lineup the rest of the week. Um, we also got uh, Tioka Jackson, former Ram, uh, all-decade team member. Um, we got him joining us uh, this week. We got... Uh, my main man, Mayoki, uh, former tight end in the NFL. Action Pack Week, uh, Radio Row Week, Super Bowl Week. Um, appreciate everybody, man, coming on in. We will have a, uh, a lit rest of the week. Tonight, though, Sean Salisbury is excited as hell, texting me right now. We're talking and chopping it up. He's asking me where the fat bitches are with the PH. I'm telling him they're all right here. Uh, I got them all, short, fat, skinny, and tall. Sean and I will be breaking down another episode of Last Chance Q tonight, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we're going to break down Patrick Mahomes and the Eagles' Jalen Hurts in totality. We're going to break down what defenses are going to be looked at and how to attack them. We're going to talk about O-line, D-line play. Matt McChesney may join us, talk about the trenches. And we're going to break down the keys to victory. We're going to do that the rest of this week, tonight, tomorrow, and Thursday. We're going to have Last Chance Q episodes, and we're going to break down the Super Bowl two opponents and Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes in totality. Plus, we're going to coach it up just like a coaching clinic. For all you coaches out there listening, make sure you join us 5 p.m. Pacific right here tonight on the Coach AB Show, YouTube Live, uh, 5 p.m. Last Chance Q. Sean and I will be breaking down those two teams. Uh, and Matt McChesney may join us, plus some other folks. Uh, Eddie George might be joining us this week as well, a new addition. So the show is just keep getting more action-packed. Uh, we're going to have some some star-studded lineups. Why do Coach, I got another, before we get out, another Twitter reaction for you. I need a live reaction from JB here. Just going to pull this video up. Let's see what we got, chat. Just found this on the Twitterverse. It's going to be interesting. As a basketball player, Coach, I cannot vouch for this, but this is real. Wait. Sorry, guys. I'm going to get you on here. Wait, what's going on there? 
So here we go. This is varsity basketball, Coach. Brown, black team is away. That guy who just dunked it, his team is down 57 points at this point, Coach. This is the fourth quarter. Let's see what happens after that dunk. Down 57 points. What in the fuck are we doing? Down 57, Coach. The home team even moved out the way for his ass. Oh, fuck no. You're lying. That's bullshit. You're not. You're not. Coach, you're at the top serious. of that score, you will see the final score was 90 to 53. You're not. Or, or 90 serious. to, yeah. It was is bad. He, is he a special ed kid? No, sir. This is varsity. And I only brought this this clip as a short version. He did this as well earlier in the game when he was down about 40 and his his teammate made a three. He hit the split. That was at the end of the game. They let him dunk, and he did that. So I just had to bring that up, Coach. Who knows what that is, but that was That's real. America, homie. That's America in totality right fucking there. That is the everyone gets a trophy world. We are fucking everybody gets a trophy. This is what it is. We fucking want to give everybody a fucking opportunity to fucking fail. That's what they're doing, Wido. They are failing the kids. They're not teaching them shit. They're fucking allowing them to do whatever the fuck they want to do. Are you right. yelling? If you're the yellow team, the yellow team is winning. They're the their team that who knows how good they are, but they're winning by 57. They get out the way for this guy. A bunch of fucking fat white kids are beating this team? Yes, sir. I think you would have made your team run laps if they had let him do that. This And they're at home. These well, are the home no crowd cheering for this guy. Number one, who's in the crowd? Number two, there's no way in the world my team would have did that because I would have clotheslined my own team. My <laughs> own team better have clotheslined that kid. We would have clotheslined that fucking kid. Unless he was a Down syndrome, special ed, you oh, know, one of those scenarios where the kid – you know, hasn't scored. He's sick. We walk him down and like the football does and all that. I get that shit, uh, even though I don't really like that either. But I get that. But that one right there with a cat fully able to dunk, um, to dunk a basketball, and we allowed that, dog, it's just sickening. Uh, why, though, why did you give me that bad fucking image the rest of the day I got to live with now? This is the fucking give everybody a trophy generation. We are so fucking soft. I cannot even fathom it, dog. Uh, yeah, that was bad right there. That is bad shit. Uh, oh, man. Uh, Chris Jones, uh, Sean King, Matt McChesney. It has been real talk barbershop banter after another. The whole show today on this Talk That Talk Tuesday. Tomorrow, we got Chase Sr. joining us as always. Work Boot Wednesday. And we have Jason Whitlock, uh, Steve Kim. We have an action-packed show all week long, man. I appreciate you joining us tonight for Last Chance Q. Uh, I got to take a piss and get ready for the show tonight. Uh, it's been a real one. Thanks to Wido for helping run the show and jumping on with these uh, fucked-up videos. And uh, can't thank him enough. And I'll see you guys tonight on Last Chance Q. And I'll see you tomorrow morning for another episode of Coach JB Show. Pound the like button. I need more likes on three on me. One, two, three. Peace.